Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, September 13th. We are here live. It's time for Destination Health. Lauren's here with me. We've got uh, about 30 minutes here to cover a couple things. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by a guest. We're going to be talking about collagen, of all things. So let's uh, let's just jump right in. If you want to join us, you can. Phone lines are open, 855-950-3835. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How are things in your world this week? Things are good. Things are looking up here. We have a... Did you see that, that huge uh, hurricane off of, uh, off the coast of... I did. Of Florida, basically. I did, yes. <laughs> it's enormous. It is enormous. It's a but monster. Luckily, yeah, it really is. So if you can imagine, it is creating the most amazing surf out there. Oh, I'll I bet. personally am not surfing. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> everyone else is enjoying it. And the winds are favorable. And it's basically an entire week of really, nice. really good surf right now. So, nice. We have the yeah, opposite. Yeah, feels good. You can feel energy. Yeah, we have the opposite. This week, the wind just died. Oh, yeah, same for us. We it, have no wind, which is great. But uh, that's it, interesting for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, it, and that's what, you know, with no wind, there's no wind sports out on the river. So, it, and it's <laughs> odd for this time of year. We should have pretty decent, you know, not great winds. It's really one of the things that causes the really good winds is heat. So we're not that far mm. away from the desert. I know people are out, you know, Washington and Oregon, it's the Pacific Northwest. Everything's green. Um, that only applies to yeah. half of those two states. The other half of Oregon and Washington oh. is desert. So on you know, the, I never thought about that, but you're on, right. On the west side of the mountain range is all green and lush and, you know, evergreens all year because the storms come in off the ocean. They can't make it over the mountains. The mountains back up the clouds and all the rain falls here. On the other side of the mountains, there's no rain and it's desert. And it's not that far away from us. I can be in in what looks like desert in about 40 minutes from here. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that right there. 40 minutes away, the the area, there's a little town called the the Dalles. I don't know why we call it the Dalles, Um, but we do. And that it looks so different from here and it's 40 minutes away. It's there's almost no trees The all summer long. Everything's brown. It's very, very hot and dry in the summertime. Their their winters are more severe than ours. It's um, it's kind of bizarre that, you know, it's that close. And then 40 minutes or a little more. The other way is the coast and the coast has very different weather. In the summer, it doesn't get very hot over on the coast. And then in the winter, it doesn't get very cold. The The ocean is really moderating the closer you get to the coast. So when you start driving off the Oregon coast and you head through the gorge, I swear you hit like six different climate zones in about two hours of driving. It's just crazy. Wow. That really is. I never thought about that, but... That's yeah, a pretty so, unique little area. Then. So the, the desert heats up because it's really hot and dry just 40 minutes away. And then you've got this funnel, the gorge. We get the Venturi effect where it, 
when you make air go through a narrow space, it has to speed up. That's what happens Mm -hmm. in the gorge. All that heat comes out of the the desert, and then it heats up the air, and the air starts to move through the gorge. And so we've had this weird, not as hot as normal, more cloud cover. We had some smoke cover for a while, and it just kind of killed the winds the last couple weeks. Gotcha. What smoke cover? You guys have fires going on right now? Um, we did. We had some local fires. Nothing got out of control. We actually had a, a lot of smoke okay. cover from Canadian fires, though. Just like the East Coast had oh, a while yeah. back. We we got about a week of it, and then it went away again. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, well, that was the first thing I thought of was um, Canada. Yeah. Because when I was in Wisconsin this year, we got a lot of the... Uh, of that smoke, but then I was thinking you guys are way further over. So now that we, we had much, it out here and then further, we had some fires and we always do. Nothing got out of control this year. It's actually been a pretty good fire season for us, um, but it's been just good. different weather. So I am still not wing foiling yet. I I've gone on a couple okay. times. I went out the other day and it was weird. Some of the strongest winds I've ever felt. I mean, it was there were a couple times where you had to get ready to grab onto the backside of your kite because you were going to get launched. The winds were so strong, but they were really <laughs> gusty and they were changing directions constantly and they were creating these massive waves. So it was like a whole new day out on the water and it was just ugly. I was just crashing all over the place. Oh man. Yeah. Well, so at least you went out there. I, um, I'm getting there. I I have had a couple good runs up on the foil, and I can tell you, um, I'm not giving up on this because when you get up on that foil, it is fun. It is really fun. I've I've ridden a oh lot God. of things in the water, and I'm more excited about learning this foil than anything. It is so fast. Oh, that's good. When when you get up on this is foil, it? the speed is insane, and it's controlled because there's no waves. Once you're up on the foil, there's no wave anymore. It's just straight and smooth. No matter how crazy the water is on the surface, your foil's riding under the surface. It's a weird sensation, but it's it's fast and you've got crazy. I can feel once you learn it, you're going to have all kinds of control. You can turn that thing sharp. You can head into the wind. So I'm... I'm getting closer, but it is a game of inches. It's baby steps. You learn a little bit more each time you go, but there's just no big breakthrough. Not that I've gotten to yet. Yeah, anyway. sounds like it. So I'm going to keep trying. I hope I, I have enough time left in this season that I can actually get up on the foil and stay up on it. And I'm getting closer. I just need a couple more yeah. good days. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I did another thing. I, I made my first batch of yogurt. Yay! Yay! Did it work? I know. I know. It, it took me forever. I think it did work. I mean, so what I did, you know, I'm kind of playing around with it. It was my first time using a sous vide machine. Um, Fun. I put the yogurt. And by the way, I'm not I'm not doing the El Ruderai because I'm pregnant. Right. So I'm doing the B Infantis. Yes. So... I'm so, sure. I'm sure the results are slightly different. For, oh for no, actually, quite a bit different. In fact, I'll tell you. Oh, the first batch of El Ruderai all, is almost never even edible. 
Oh, it's it's okay. very common when wow. you do the first batch of El Ruderai that you end up with so much whey and not much yogurt. It all separates and it's lumpy and weird looking and you can kind of blend it back together, Gosh. but it's really watery. It's just not very edible. And then we use that batch to make another batch. And then usually the second batch is a little better and it's edible. And then by your fourth or fifth, that's really good. Um, the B and Fanus, I only ever made one batch of that. The original, I tested all of them. Um, but most of the oh. others, you can get a really good batch the first time. Yeah, I mean, I it looks it looks like it's good. I mean, if good. I'm comparing it, if I'm comparing it to you know it separating and being like like thick and curdy, right. like you know where there's like water and then curdy, um, like curds. I would say I did pretty. It turned out pretty great yeah. then. And then the, the, really the best thing to do with it um, is just throw it in some cheesecloth, or if you have a, a yogurt strainer, I have a yogurt strainer. Um, because then it'll just get rid of the whey completely and you end up with nice thick yogurt. I was shocked that there's not much whey at all in mine. So One what, of them, what was the so base? What did, was, did you I use whole individual. milk as the base? I used half and half. Oh, good. Good. You should have nice thick yogurt then. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, yeah, it looks pretty thick. Um, I haven't, because I just removed it to this morning, like three hours ago oh. was when I hit, I think I did like 36, yeah. no, 38 hours, I think I did. Okay. And I I just pulled it out this morning and I just put it in the fridge. Oh, so, so I'm letting it set in the fridge right now. And it's going to firm up in the fridge too. So yeah. Well, good. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So Question. So, okay. So I did, I did it in like five different uh, jars Okay. and I had the caps. I, I didn't fill them up all the way because I figured it might expand a little, which it did. Right. Not a ton, but a little bit. And then uh, at the end, what I did was I put the caps on tight and I shook them up. So, you know, just to like make sure it was all mixed and then I yeah. put them in the fridge. Is that perfect? Would you? Yep. That sounds good. Perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Again, I like, all new to- I like really thick yogurt. So I would do the same thing. I would make batches in individual quart jars because they work well in the sous vide. Then I have a gallon yeah. yogurt strainer. So I just take it out of the jars right into the yogurt strainer, put that in the refrigerator. And in 24 hours, you've got yogurt that's like the consistency of like sour cream. Wow. Okay. That's what I want. That's a good consistency to me. Strain Sour it. Cream. Yeah. Strain it. It'll be nice okay. and thick. Okay. And you can use just cheesecloth. I'll take a video of before and after. Yeah. And I have cheesecloth. I was thinking I could just kind of like double or yep. like even, even more than that, like double up on the cheesecloth and then put it in Perfect. a strainer where yep. it just strains into a bowl. And all yep. right. That's a great idea. Yep. That works good. And well, you can I'm do really that. excited right, about it. Yeah. Just do that right in the refrigerator. Okay. Yeah, just cool. put it in a strainer, stick it back in the refrigerator. 24 hours, it'll be thick. And then all right. Then you well, save the whey to make your next batch so you don't even use any of your edible yogurt to make the next batch. You just save the whey and use that. That's even cooler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I bought, it, I bought the, the little pouches of the, the Bean Fantas from Aviva or whatever it is. And excellent. I, you know, you have to buy a whole box of them. I know. So you end up spending like $100. <laughs> That, but luckily, <laughs> I had a friend who, poor thing, her um, her son has to, has had to be on antibiotics oh a lot because he has 
a kidney issue and he, they've had to have surgery, you know, since he was had a surgery since he was born. So sad. You know, it's kind so, of what I want to talk about today. So with oh, that, let's, great. yeah, that, that's kind of what I, I've been thinking about and working on. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally wrapping up the stress protocol. We should have something out. Not sure how we're going to launch that yet. It might be a challenge. It might be a, a live course I teach, kind of working on how we're going to roll it out. But I, I've been working on it and also kind of trying to incorporate like an entire lifestyle protocol. You know, how do we bring all of this stuff together, like personal care products, cleaning products, EMFs, light pollution, yeah, all the things about our modern world that are making us sick. I want a protocol that at least helps people understand that those things are making us sick and there are ways to at least minimize them. It's really hard to, it's impossible to go back to, you know, a hunter gatherer lifestyle. It's just not going to happen. But we have to find a way to get closer. And that's really what I've been working on. And I got thinking about some things and um, it's actually a little shocking and it's not good news. So we know that that one of the first changes in human health was about 10,000 years ago when we kind of started agriculture and raising and domesticating animals, right? Mm -hmm. We went from hunter-gatherers to being static in one place and growing our own food. Now, it really changed civilization, it, it's why we had now cities and, well, not cities, but, you know, we because now we're staying in one place, the population started to grow and we actually got too successful as human beings and we would hunt out an entire area and then there would be famine. And that's why they looked to these alternatives. That's why we started eating grains. We would not have been eating grains if we weren't starving. And that was what started it. And, and it was a massive change because all of a sudden we learned how to produce enough food to live and not have to move around. But we also know that when that happened, we started to change physically. We got shorter, which is not a good sign. We got smaller jaws and crowded teeth. And, and we can you know go back and show that's when this happened. Agriculture and and even domesticating animals changed our health. That was 10,000 years ago. Then I got thinking about the other things that have happened that really changed our health. And you know what? Almost all of them have happened in the last 100 years. Yeah. That's scary. You know, and it, and the, the way scary. that... The, the our lifestyle is changing, is not slowing down at all. It's getting worse. We now talk about all these mm-hmm. fake foods and fake meats and food that was created in a lab or genetically modified. All these things are really new and they're really radical. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're paying enough attention to realize we might be on the verge of another real problem health-wise. Things are not getting better. You know, sometimes we, I think in the holistic community, we're overly optimistic. But when you look at the general population and what's going on, it is scary to then. Here's an example. We have this child who's already going through surgeries and needing all kinds of drugs. and, And this is just awful. 
And we need to start paying attention to this. It's true. It's true. So I went from the food supply. You're absolutely right. To to the other part of our life that and the food supply I'm at least optimistic about. We'll never get back to the perfect food supply we had as hunter-gatherers. But we we have made huge improvements in realizing we need to be eating a lot of animals, not a lot of plants. The animals should be raised better. Um, and, and that's available now. So So at least we're making some improvements there. But when I started working on this mm-hmm. kind of lifestyle protocol, this is another really scary thing to think about. The, the, all the stuff that really changed our lifestyle for the worst, these things are only about 100 years old. I got thinking about this. My parents were born when electricity was not common yet in the house. My parents. Yeah. My grandparents lived <laughs> without wild. electricity most of their life. Yep. That's, that's wow. big. When you, that, that puts it into perspective right there, for sure. And electricity and then, you know, I was, changed everything. It did. It did. I was listening to someone speak today who talks about uh, nutrition and pregnancy. And one of the questions that came up was, well, why do you think that women have, you know, these aversions and, you know, to, to foods in the beginning and, and things like this. And she said, it, you know, no one really understands it. But if you think back to hunter-gatherer time, you could only, you know, someone, someone makes a big kill in like a tribe, for instance, and you only have so long until that meat goes bad because you didn't have refrigeration or anything like that. So you would have to eat that meat right away. Yes. And then you start, you know, and there's like this whole idea that maybe after you get your fill then the body starts to tell you, you know, give you signals that that's enough because right. it's going to start going bad. And then you start having aversions to it. And it's specifically protein, it seems, which completely, you know, goes against the right. amount of protein that a woman needs when they are pregnant, well, which is well, really well, interesting. But wait a minute. One of the things we always have to remember, I always try to remember this, who determined how much protein a woman needs when she's pregnant? And how did they determine it? And was it in the presence? And the answer to this question is yes. All of the testing for this was done in the presence of the standard American diet. Yep. And there's, you're absolutely right. We know it's loaded with anti-nutrients. It's loaded with foods that cause Mm -hmm. all kinds of nutritional deficiencies and imbalances and maybe all of our, what we think we need in nutrition. I believe it's all wrong. Hunter-gatherers got yeah. by with very, very little food at times and remained healthy. Mm-hmm. They sure did. So maybe we well, don't need all that, that nutrition we think we need. Maybe we can get by on a lot less. Yeah, but when you're, you know, when you're talking about a pregnant woman, all of her nutritional, you know, needs they go up a oh, lot. Oh, no doubt, no you're doubt. Pregnant. You're creating a whole human being. I, I get that, but. Exactly. Uh, all of the, the data we know of, though, again, I'm just going to keep coming back to it. It was all tested on people who were eating the standard American diet. Yeah, you're right. And the last study that was done was in 2015, which showed that women in their second trimester are 40 percent. They're, they're, they're below their optimal protein levels by 40 percent in their second trimester. Oh, I don't this doubt it. 2015. So I don't doubt it. Imagine. 
Yeah. In their third trimester, they're 67% below optimal protein level. Now, I have to, I do have to say, optimal protein levels are not the same as, as what the RDA is. Correct. But the RDA is 73% off. That's how off the, the recommended See, something's really, really wrong. <laughs> really wrong. It's yes. our food supply. It is. You're absolutely hey, right. Let's do this. And Let, the amount of food. Let's come back to Go that. Ahead. I do want to get in a call or two before our guest gets here because I asked for calls. Uh, Let's go to South Carolina real quick. Terrence, welcome. How you doing? I got a couple of things, but uh, first thing, how you doing, Lauren? Um, Lauren, I definitely wouldn't, uh, I think, I forget how much I paid for the yogurt strain. It's way, way easier to to, uh, to pour it. What I used to do is I would let it, as soon as I took it out out of the sous vide, I'd put it in the strainer. But this weekend, I went. I did it on the weekend, and I went fishing Saturday on a 12-hour trip, and then I went fishing again Sunday on a half day because weather was beautiful down here. So long story short, I was done Friday morning, and I my fiance put it in the refrigerator for me, so I didn't touch it until Monday night. I took it out, and it and it firmed up in the jars. But when I put it in the strainer uh, last night. Uh, it's, it's rain. I still have way. So, you know, but the consistency when it goes in the strainer is unbelievable. You'll, you'll definitely, if you like thick or that, that, that texture, you know, where it's like uh, sour cream or, or cream cheese, that, that you'll get it better. Definitely out of the strainer. That's just my opinion. Nice. I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to see how thick it is naturally without straining it. Cause I already put it in there a few hours ago and then we'll see. I mean, it doesn't hurt to strain it after, like you said, right? No, no, I won't. It, it, all it's going to do is it's just going to, like I said, you'll get a little bit of wet. I, 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 I don't like to, hopefully the ideal thing is not to get a lot of wet, but for some reason, the El Ruderite, I get a lot out of mine. But what's weird now is this batch right here that I did that I let in refrigerator longer, the way isn't as much because I checked it this morning and it's not as high as it usually is when I do my, because uh, I do six at a time. I'm able to do six in my sous vide. So it's not as high as it usually is. So maybe you like to firm up for those couple extra days or, you know, save on the way. I don't know. Uh, this is the first time I did went that long. Huh. Okay. Thanks for that. Oh, yep. All right, Ken. So this, remember, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I called you about my buddy. He called out. He was a fireman and a dock builder in New York. He had a the degenerative disc or whatever. Yeah. In the back. Yeah. And I, so, so I told him, I, I called him. So I, I said, just, just try carnivore. Just try. So, he just called me this morning. Which is, that's why I called. He's like, listen, you know, I tried the Antonia diet. He's like, I got to tell you, it's not that easy. I was like, all right, I got it. He goes, but let me tell you, I dropped eight pounds already, and I wasn't looking to lose that much weight. I said, again, this, your body's going to regulate itself. Yep. And he said, he, you know, he can feel, like I said, so. But then he was asking, go, listen, I've been doing a little, you know, he's been, his wife's making bone broth and all that stuff. Excellent. So I, I hooked him up with Lone Live, I told him. But uh, the life out, he was like, yeah, hey, I got, I've been doing drinking nothing but water, but I'm putting this, some, I forget the name of it, perfect, came with a P. Yeah. So I said, I hooked him up with Lone Live, so I sent him a, a link for all that stuff. But then I sent him a link. I told him, I said, listen, I get all my stuff from this guy on the radio, ex truck driver. So I, 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 you know, I, copy the link to your store so hopefully they'll go to you guys you know to get out there but uh you know like i said now i've never gone straight uh carnivore 
And but just from, from him, that the way he, he said it. But I just don't believe two pounds. It that's kind of that, is that normal or is that? Yeah. Yeah, it really can be. And what it tells me when somebody loses that much weight, that their diet was really bad. Yeah, I agree. That, that's oh, what yeah, it tells yeah, me. Yeah, right. yeah. So I'm just glad, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm glad he tried it. It's nice, yeah, it's nice you know, like I said, he called, he, he called me to let me know it. And, you know, it's nice to see they can give someone, you know, to think a little yeah, different. And, uh, absolutely. So I appreciate you. Giving me the knowledge to help somebody else. So I'll let someone else get in there. Love it. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Good stuff. Let's go to West Virginia. Randy, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Kevin. Uh, this is changing subject a little bit, but my wife's got small cell lung cancer, and she's elected not to take no chemo or nothing like that. And we've we just been kind of looking around. Have you ever heard of this Joe Gibbon protocol? That uh, sounds vaguely familiar. Um, let me go look real quick. Uh, I've studied a this lot of these had, alternative protocols, and I start to get them confused. So go ahead, and I'm, I'm going to be sure. looking at it as we well, go. This guy had lung cancer, and it metastasized, and he took a PET scan, and he said his whole body lit up. And I don't know how PET scans work, but anyway, he said they sent him home to die because they told him he had three months. And... A friend of his was a, a veterinarian in Oklahoma, and he told him about a study they were doing with rats, killing rats with fin, bin, fin, bin, dissolve. And he started taking that stuff, which it's a, it's a worm thing for dogs, and it's approved by the FDA. And he went back three months later, and he was practically didn't have no cancer. Six months later, he was had no cancer. And the hospital told him he couldn't come back because he was didn't have cancer. They were a cancer institute. Okay, so I, I'm looking at the protocol. Um, actually, I don't know why it took me all the way to the end to get to this. At the beginning, all they really talk about is this fenbendazole, um, this veterinarian drug. But really, his protocol um, specifically starts it's other with... Other stuff, too. Uh, yeah, big stuff that, that CBD is actually the primary. We talk about using CBD against cancer a lot. So I, I can't comment specific, right? I, I, specifically on this protocol. I don't know anything about this um, veterinarian drug. They're using some curcumin, uh, some panicures, some CBD, right. um, berberine. Um, right, I got that, yeah. A lot of things we already talk about. I, I don't know what that veterinarian drug is doing as part of this, but um, I, I believe there are much, much better cancer protocols than what you're going to get in the hospital. But I, but I can't comment on all of them right. because it would take weeks of research for me to oh, even understand, understand just, what's going on. I just there. was wondering, well, we, she's, she wanted to do that, so we're doing it, and... Then later on, I read about that it was kind of a preventive, too. Not only might say a cure, but it, it was preventative. So she and I both are doing it, but we're not doing that CBD stuff. I don't think it's, I can pass a drug test, could I? Well, that's, no, you can't. And that's part of the problem, though, is okay. I believe this protocol, the most important part of it is the CBD. The CBD oh, yeah. makes sense to me. The drug from veterinarian, that, that doesn't make sense to me. That's not natural. We would never get that drug from nature, just from our diet. We do get CBDs 
from our from a hunter gatherer diet we got a lot of CBDs and our body produces CBD itself. We produce our own cannabinoids when our diet is right. So I still fall back to all the natural stuff. CBD is natural. This drug isn't. And I'm not saying the drug doesn't work. I don't know enough about it to make that comment. But if you leave CBD out of this protocol, I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as effective. Okay. And, and let's talk about something else. I got else. something, no, I, I didn't let, like the taste let, let, Let's. You got what? CDB or CBD, I Here's what I would recommend. Not for me. I didn't take yeah, Here's what I would recommend. If you want good CBD, we don't carry it in the store, but we, we carry products from the company. The company is NED, N-E-D. We don't carry their CBD because drivers have to, it's just not a good idea with drivers. Um, but go to Ned and get the CBD from them. And you know what? If she doesn't like the taste, c- come on. I mean, we're talking about her life here. If something's going to help her, she should just, you know, suck it up and deal with the taste. But you're almost kind of missing the big point of this. It's I do not believe that pharmaceutical drug is the biggest part of this. It's the one I have the most questions about. The CBD, the curcumin, the other natural nutrients they're using all make sense to me. Now, here's something else. I I would never take this protocol as a preventative. Are you going to do this the rest of your life? You're going to take a veterinarian drug the rest of your life to try to prevent cancer? Well, I was thinking about it, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. Oh, hell no. What, I, I don't. Why would we need that? Let's just live the way we're supposed to live, eat the way we're supposed to live. There's no way I'm going to take a toxic pharmaceutical drug, and they're all toxic. Now, if I thought See, I had, I if you. I had cancer, and I really thought this worked, and I did the research, I would take it. it, it I, but I, I'd rather not get to that point. Um, if I had it, I guess I'd make that decision at the time. But I can promise you there's no way I would take any pharmaceutical thinking it's going to protect me from getting cancer. Okay. It goes All against right. everything we believe. I mean, we believe that we should not even right. need much supplementation. I mean, I'm trying to help people get away from supplements even. And let's get our nutrition from our food the way we're supposed to. So pharmaceuticals are just off the table for me, and except in the most extreme circumstances where we really think it might save somebody's life. All right. Okay, I appreciate it, Brad. And keep us updated on this. I'd love to know the outcomes, more so with your wife. Again, I'm not interested in really protocols to protect me from cancer other than just living the way we're supposed to live. Um, all right, it's time to get to our guest. Uh, Let's get him in here right now. Brian, good morning and welcome back. Hey, good morning, Kevin. How are you today? This is Brian, the president of Lono Life, the bone broth company. There you go. That's right. Hi, Brian. We were, did, I don't know if you were listening to the show this morning. We already had a call about you. I just heard a bunch of the um, calls. It, it's almost changed everything I want to talk about because you nailed it, Kevin, about natural health and natural eating do preventative efforts for things like cancer, heart disease, et cetera. Exactly. You nailed it. And the conversation went back. So let me, I even have something else. I I want to set you up. 
You ready? Sure. So I saw a post on our website this morning, and it was perfect timing. We, we put an ad up about you being on, and we were going to talk about collagen. And we've kind of, we have a lot of thinkers in our tribe, and I try to stimulate their thought process. And I always tell them, always ask why. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust me when I come on here and say something. Challenge me. If I come on here and say something, ask me why. And if I can't explain why, then I better stop saying it. We, we're, we're really big on that. Don't, don't just be repeating things that you heard somewhere else. And when you ask somebody why or why not, and if they can't explain it, what it tells me is they don't really understand what they just told me. They're just repeating something. So we're, we're big on that. So somebody did it this morning. They said, why do we need all this collagen? So I had to really start thinking about it again. And I've thought about it in the past. And here's, here's really why I think we need to supplement collagen. I even said, we're not big on supplements. I would rather not have to take any of this stuff. I wish I could just eat food and be fine. I hate taking supplements. Now, we look at the bone broth and collagen more like a whole food supplement. It, a little different. We've got some other ones. But but still, why? what's changed? Why do I need to, to take this collagen now separately from maybe the whole food source of it? And, and here's the, probably the best way I could explain this. I love chicken wings. Anybody else? Nobody? Oh, yeah. 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 It's like one of my favorite foods. Seriously, I really like chicken wings. I make all kinds of crazy sauces. It makes me crazy to watch most people eat chicken wings. They take one big bite out of one side, one big bite out of the other side, and then they throw it in a pile. I look at the pile that mm. most people leave of chicken wings. I could get full on what they left over. True. And you know why? Because the ends of the chicken wings, when you try to get the meat off there, you get the gristle and the connective tissue and all this crunchy stuff. And, and nobody wants to eat that anymore. Do you think our hunter-gatherer ancestors left that much meat on the bone? Hell no. no way. <laughs> they, they ate everything. They crunched up all that gristle and connective tissue, and then they gnawed on the bones, and then they broke the bones open, and they ate the marrow, and then they roasted the bones, and then they made bone broth out of it to pull every bit of nutrition out of there that they could. And today, all we do is eat the best part of the meat, and we don't want any of that weird, crunchy stuff and connective tissue, and that's it. Brian, or am I on to something here? Is that where we're missing this oh. nutrition? Yeah, and that's the funny thing, Kevin, is um, humans, we've known about this for thousands of years, but we've stopped doing it in modern times, and we're, we're almost reverting back to where we've should have been a thousand years ago, which is um, eating the good parts of the meat for the body. So we all, we all love our filet. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love it. But the actual filet is not giving you the benefit that the rest of meat can provide. And we've missed that. And over the past 10 years, we've discovered collagen and how collagen is the missing link of what we're missing in the protein that we eat. Yes, it's not present in the muscle meat, or if it is, it's very small amounts where it's the the stuff we don't like to eat. Like I said, the connective tissues. And here's the other thing, and, and when, when this kind of clicked for me, it made total sense 
I, I don't even know why, you know, we should just almost know this. The, the body, all bodies of animals, store the needed nutrients in the organ or the part of the body. So when we eat a heart from an animal, we get the nutrients that make our heart healthy. Well, that makes sense. How, of course it works that way. How could it work any other way? But if we don't eat the heart, we're never going to get those nutrients that are in there. Same goes for the liver. So we've talked about organ meats a lot, but we don't really talk about all these other pieces and parts, you know, that we can't even really identify. I mean, I don't know which part of the chicken wing is is connective tissue and, and you know, bone, or uh, but we used to eat it all, and we don't anymore. And, and I think that's really the key here. So you could go back to eating every part of the animal and gnawing on bones, and, and you'd probably be okay. Um, most of us aren't going to do that, so a collagen supplement makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly why we exist. Uh, I, I, from a health perspective, I'm the first to admit that ease and convenience is the first thing I'm always going to go to. Um, so you need to think, how do you have a holistic, healthy eating process that's also convenient and easy? Yes. And that's where collagen comes in. Uh, we know that about 30% of your body is made from collagen. So you're, uh, the easy ones, the hair, nail, skin, but then the important ones, your digestive tract, your gut, your joints, uh, your ligaments, your tendons, they're all made from collagen. So how do we make sure that we continue to build up collagen in an easy manner? And that's where collagen peptides really come in is it's just easy, convenient, and supplements your body when we don't eat it as humans the way we used to. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to put you on the spot and challenge you a little bit. I'm ready. All right. Let's um, go. Lauren and I like to do this thing. We usually do it as a tag team. Um, so we're going to let you lead. We might jump in along the way here. Um, but we like to do this thing where we start at the top of our head and we work all the way down to our feet and talk about how all of this is working and what the, so we've done it with things like digestion. Yeah, that's when we do quite often. We start, digestion starts in your brain and a lot of people don't realize that. Digestion does not start in your gut. It starts in your brain. Then it moves to your mouth. Then it gets to your gut. And and we do this thing where we go all the way down from top to bottom. Here's what's happening with digestion. Here's why you want good digestion. Here are the benefits. So I want to challenge you to do that with collagen. I'm ready, but I will say you're right. And that's the biggest thing that people don't realize is your brain and your stomach. They're way more connected than you realize. The vagus Mm. nerve, the super highway. Mm. Let's go. Is it vagus nerve or vagal nerve? I think I said that wrong. Would it be vagal nerve? Vagus. Is it vagus? Vagus nerve? Okay, I said it right then. All right, so starting at the top of our head, some people have hair up there. I don't, but what are, what are the benefits of collagen? <laughs> what, are, what are we going to get from collagen starting at the top and working all the way down to our feet? Okay, head. Hair's the easy one. Um, it's a uh, very known strength of hair growth, hair growth. So start the head. But inside your brain, there's membranes that protect your brain. So think of collagen as the tissue that protects 
every part of your body. Uh, so the tissue in your brain that holds your brain together, that's collagen, moves wow. down your stomach. Well, let's go throat. Your esophagus, completely made of collagen. Really? Uh, I never knew that. Yep. Yep. Hey, you know what's... Um, so what's any of you know what's interesting? I was just thinking about this. Uh, you can buy like esophagus, like a dried esophagus for your dog, and, and they'll chew on it and eat it. And and uh, we, oh, yeah. we may have done the same thing as hunter gatherers, right? We didn't waste anything. That that maybe that's a really rich source of collagen that we completely miss out on in our diet. Yeah. Oh. I interesting. All right. Well, it's a good morning. I already learned something. And then moving down, so we still have your skin. So we've, we're, we're moving down. We're at your throat right now. All your skin is compromised of collagen and amino acids. Collagen is what tightens your skin, keeps it healthy, keeps it young, unwrinkled. So we're moving down mm -hmm. on skin. But then we get down into the important stuff. And this is the stuff I don't think people talk about a lot. Your stomach and your digestive mm -hmm. tract. Mm -hmm. So your stomach is um, extremely focused on built by collagen. As we age and as we eat food, as we eat chemicals, as we take drugs, we really put a lot of hard impact on our stomach lining. Um, collagen helps build up the protective levels in your stomach. Um, something called leaky gut syndrome and inflammation it's mm. a big problem in modern huge. health, in modern. I, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. It's huge. Um, it's shocking mm. now. There are over 100 identified autoimmune conditions, which all start by leaky gut. Yeah. And what's happening, mm. and this is what I was hearing, Kevin, before we chatted today um, on the call, our medical teams across the country, they're treating symptoms of a problem but they're not treating the prep of the problem before it gets you know the and the, it's the health the natural healthy living and collagen and uh you know vegetables to get you to be healthy to not have to be in that spot one of the best ways i i heard this explained it just had a big impact. Um, one of our regular guests is a, uh, a cardiologist who was traditionally trained um, and then realized what a mess that whole system was. And, and he got out of it and he runs his own practice now as, as a natural heart doctor. Um, drugs only if it's absolutely necessary to save somebody's life and then get them back off that drug and get them healthy again with food. The way he described this, it was just so um, impactful for me. He said, look, uh, the next time your doctor prescribes something for you, look at that doctor and say, is my problem that I have a deficiency of statins in my body? And of course, that can't be the problem. Your, your health issue cannot be a deficiency of some toxic pharmaceutical drug. Well, if that's not what caused the problem, why do we think it can cure the problem? It can't. All those drugs do is, is do something with symptoms. They never really address the root cause. The only thing that can address the root cause of our health issues is nutrition, Oh, yeah, 100%. And 
it's it's difficult because look, we we all get it. Um, my warehouse is directly across the street from a fast food restaurant. <laughs> right. I'm hurt. Um, you know, I, I get hungry and it's really easy to get a four piece chicken nugget and, and go back to work. Uh-huh. Um, we as a, right now we face intensity of what we all do. We face immediate hunger and satisfaction and it's easy for us. Um, so how do we get away from that a little bit and how do we find easy ways to supplement our health that doesn't impact everything we have going on. And yes. that's, I think what I love about is it's easy. You can have it, um, you know, for us at Lona Life, um, we have an unflavored collagen. You can put it in your oatmeal. If you eat oatmeal, you can put it in anything that you Coffee. take. Yeah. And then the, our, that's my favorite. That's our you easy just one. said, the, the, the chocolate. Yes. I put it in my coffee every morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you get 10 grams you're building your body's um, collagen bank, and it curbs hunger. It keeps you from going to that restaurant and getting four-piece chicken nuggets. Um, and, and, and that's where we try to do it. How do we make it easy to be a little bit healthier and a little bit better focused on your holistic life and health without making it annoying, difficult, or some crazy... Uh, diet that you're not going to keep up with. You know, I've got to be completely transparent here and admit that I had this wrong for a while. And now I understand why. And it's the explanation that I gave this morning. I have never been big on protein supplements. There's all kinds of protein powders. Mm -hmm. There's protein this, protein that. You know, everything's high protein now. That's like the, the buzzword. And my thought process was, why the hell are we supplementing protein when it's the easiest macronutrient to get in our diet? Uh, We should be eating such high-protein foods anyway, mostly animals, meat, fish, eggs. The protein should not be an issue. We should not be supplementing protein. And I've said this, except now I have to take that back a little bit. Because when we talk about collagen, it is very high in protein. You know, again, why do we need all this protein? Well, it's not really the protein I'm after. I get plenty of that in my diet. It's this, it's the collagen itself. It's this other stuff that I don't get much anymore because we eat so much muscle meat and we don't eat all these other weird parts. Now, I, I make it a point to eat as many of those weird parts as I can get, but I'm still going to supplement with collagen. But it, in my, it, for me, it's not really the protein I'm after. It is the, the collagen itself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So amino acids, this is uh, super scientific above my pay grade of <laughs> expertise to the level of every one of them. But there's about 500 amino acids that we believe keep us alive. 19 of them we've called essential amino acids. Um, and collagen has some of the largest resources of those 19 amino acids of anything you can put in your body. So the way I I was thinking, how do I describe amino acids? If you think about it, when you eat food, um, you you put that food in your body, whether it's a a nice steak or vegetables, the amino acids, they're the truck. They drive the food from your stomach into your cells and give you the energy that's protein. 
Um, and that's what keeps us alive. So amino acids are the vehicle from food to cells to be alive. And that's what bone broth really gives us and collagen is those amino acids deliver the high quality energy that your body needs. Yes. And that was an insane lesson for me to figure out is how important the vehicle is, the truck, if you will, of the amino acids to deliver the steak you ate for dinner into your cells for the energy for the next day. Excellent. You know, I just thought of something too. I just thought that, well, the way I always explain it is, you know, because we talk a lot about uh, macronutrients. So we break them down, you know, there's only three macros and protein specifically breaks down into amino acids. And I was just thinking, I had a little light bulb moment that because we work with a lot of people who are not breaking down their foods properly, they have, you know, you know, digestive issues. And a lot of it starts, you know, in the upper GI, which is where you're breaking down proteins in your stomach. And I was just thinking with sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll get, I'll do, you know, an assessment on someone and it'll, I'll come to find out that they're like 75% deficient in protein. Like they have a protein need and they're eating, you know, all the protein that you can think of, but they're not breaking it down for absorption because they're not bringing it down small enough into amino acids to be used by the body. And I was thinking, what a great way to kind of supplement with it while they're working on their digestion, because if they're taking collagen, then that's already broken down into amino acids so they can absorb it more freely. So I just had that little kind of light bulb moment there. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it's so funny because our doctors uh, in the medical field, they're not giving us this direct information. They're, 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 they're way off. The problems <laughs> after the problems are happening direct of how to preemptively take care of yourself. And, and, and collagen is such an important part in your body. Let, let's, um, let's keep kind of going. I know we're, it might seem like we're getting a little off track there, but I think there's a, a some really good lessons in here as well. And I kind of want to go back to why do why is supplementing this so important? At first, I talked about we just don't eat the whole animal anymore. We don't eat the way we used to. And we're, unless you're living on a farm and butchering your own animals, you're probably not going back to that. It's, it's not that easy to get all those pieces. Now, I, I do encourage people, eat the fat, eat the gristle, to eat every part of whatever meat you happen to get. Um, that's not going to be enough. But there's something else we have to think about. You know, go back to hunter-gatherers again. Um, elk, um, for the most part, are exactly the way they were uh, 100,000 years ago. Deer, for the most part. Now, I know they're eating some foods out of farms. It's not perfect, but but we haven't really changed that animal much. But we don't eat a lot of wild game anymore. Some people never eat wild game. I, I asked, I've asked this question so many times over the years, and we always end up getting the answer, and I don't even remember what it is. But uh, where the hell did a cow come from? Where are the wild cows? But how did, did we create this animal? I, I, and I, I, we did. I mean, we have genetically, not genetically modified, I'm sorry. We, we've crossbred and, and done all kinds of weird things. And we now have this cow that doesn't exist really in the wild anywhere that I'm aware of. And that's what we eat. And even our chickens. Um, we have all kinds of 
weird chickens now that, you know, some of them I call Dolly Parton chickens because they grow four pound breasts. Um, that's not natural. That's a change that that's bad enough. But now we take this animal, a cow or a chicken that in this form never really existed in nature and we feed it a horrible diet. Most conventionally raised animals are, are awful in what they're fed. And that affects their health, which affects our health when we eat them. So it's no wonder we have to supplement. And we have to try to go back and get mm -hmm. the healthiest versions of these things we can. Our entire food supply has been changed. And, and this is the only way we can fight back against this. And there are times where we're going to have to supplement, and, and this is another one. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. you know what's worse? Uh, Here's what's worse. Uh, now, not only are we going to eat an animal that isn't natural, wasn't raised right, um, that's still better than most of the other food in our food supply, but now we've got this big push to just eat fake meat. Now, we could talk mm -hmm. about all the problems with fake meat, but just some of them— it can't possibly have all this nutrition we're talking about. It has nothing like collagen, right? Does any of this fake meat have anything that even comes close to being like collagen? Oh, I never thought about that, actually. No, I seriously doubt it. I don't know. So this is why we... Um, and you're... Go ahead, Brian. And say, you're right. It, it, it really starts at the beginning of how we processed food. Um, the food we eat isn't the food that our ancestors ate. Mm -hmm. That's why we do things like collagen. The good news is collagen is a kind of pure sourced, clean supplement. Um, I hate to use the word supplement because it is, it, it is technically a food. <laughs> it is food, right? Right. It um, is food, um, but we have to supplement it in our daily lives because of the way that we eat meat in the way that we are eating protein. Yes. Hey, let, let's um, say this. Let, let's think about this for a second. This, this collagen that we're going to throw in our coffee or there's all kinds of things we can do with it. I, I'll make a statement. It is 100% more natural and real food than anything you're going to find in the aisles of a grocery store. There's no real yeah, food in there. In the middle of the grocery store, it's not real food anymore. It's not even close to real food. This, like you said, I, I don't even like to use the word supplement. This is real food. Yeah, the problem is the, the center aisle of a grocery store, it's easy. Yes. So mm -hmm. how to help everyone to realize that easy is not always the best answer. And how can we give you an easy way increase your health um, and i think that's where collagen you know unlike other supplements you you have to take you don't know collagen's a um you know it's food mm -hmm. it's easy to consume um you put it in your coffee your tea your um smoothie and it's an easy way to improve a little bit in the health when you know modern consumers and modern food say eat this quick stuff that isn't healthy mm -hmm. Yes. Let, yeah. let, let's go back to the body. We, we stopped there in the gut, and, and this is really important. I want to spend a little more time on the gut because it's a huge focus for us. 
when we started helping people eat better and understand what they should be eating, the next set of problems we always seem to face are digestive issues. And most people eating the standard American diet, their, their digestion is just a mess. Um, and I'm not even talking about the people with things like Crohn's and uh, ulcerative colitis and, and some of those other horrible digestive issues people are facing all the time. Um, even people who are eating healthy, we were struggling with digestion. And I, I think a lot of it was just our, our digestive system has been so compromised by our poor diet all our life. We ended up with, I don't know, we have like six or seven different digestive kits in our store. You know, it's a group of different nutrients and supplements to address problems. Low stomach acid, you know, poor bile flow, um, poor gallbladder function, um, small intestines not working right, SIBO, um, dysbiosis, I, I, I leaky gut. All of it, we just faced this mountain of digestive issues. And so we, we really put a big focus on trying to heal that digestive tract because we know that health 100% comes down to nutrition. It, 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 it's all about nutrition. And first off, we have to eat really nutritious food, but then we have to be able to digest it. If we don't digest it, we're just wasting all those nutrients. So it, it, digestion has been a huge focus for us. And we've always recommended bone broth, you know, really excellent bone broth for your digestive tract, very healing, very nutritious. Um, we didn't put enough focus on collagen, I don't think. Um, I, I always kind of leaned more towards the bone broth, but now I do realize how important making sure we get enough collagen in there as well um, is really a key to good digestive health. Oh, yeah. I agree. I think the, and, and this is the education part um, of the difference between bone broth and collagen. The funny thing is bone broth successful properties are because of the collagen. Right. So um, bone broth, the easy way, it, it tastes, I mean, bone broth tastes good. It tastes like mom's chicken soup. Oh, it so bone really broth tastes good. It's the easy way <laughs> to get the collagen. And what, what we've done and what, what science has done is say, okay, so what are the properties of bone broth that are so good for you? And it's the collagen. So we've stripped out the collagen and made it its own individual product. Um, flavorless, so you can add it to uh, anything that you want. But bone broth and collagen, they're the same. I'd put them in the same family. They're and it's about healing your gut and healing any digestive issues and rebuilding the collagen depletion that your, your body and your stomach specifically has. Yes. I, I look at these two like if you really want to be healthy – it, this is the super duo. Take them together. We do want all of the stuff that's coming out of bone broth, but then we realize collagen is such a big part of that and we're deficient in it. Let's kind of supercharge our bone broth routine with extra collagen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, the nice thing about it is it's easy. Yes. Um, you know, when I'm road, I can... I can put one of these sticks in my coffee. I get 10 grams of protein and I get my collagen. Yeah. Um, and so that's the thing that I think is important 
for us to figure out is how do we make easy decisions to be healthier? And how do we make easy decisions to improve preventative issues? Collagen is just a very easy one to, to put in your coffee, put in whatever you eat in the morning. Um, it's quick, it's easy, and it doesn't take long for your body to, to start responding to having it inside of you. You know, when, when I went back and we were looking at bone broth and, and, you know, teaching people how to make it in the beginning, we just taught people how to make it. It's a lot of work. I mean, we, we want to start with good quality bones. So we got to go find a good source of, you know, well-raised animals, grass fed. That's the first problem. Now we got the bones. We got to, if you really want good bone broth, you roast them. That's a step. Then we've got to put them in a pot and making good bone broth is, you know, 36 hours to really pull all the, the stuff out of there. So, you know, we, we taught people that, and I want people to know that, and I want people to make their own. But you know what? Very, very few people are going to make all of their own bone broth and take it with them in the truck. Uh, it does not store yeah. well. It should be frozen. You know, if you're going to try to keep it for any mm -hmm. length of time, that's just out of the question in the truck. So when we knew this was something we needed, we needed a way to help people get more of this, more bone broth, more collagen, more of all of this. And there's a lot of companies on the market now. There's so many protein supplements and collagen supplements. My God, it'll make your head spin. Um, why did we choose Lona Life? Uh, Brian, mostly because what you just talked about. You guys had all the products we wanted and needed in the most convenient form. I, I will put powder your powdered bone broth nutritionally right next to homemade bone broth and there's not a whole lot of difference this is a real food it, it's just been brought to a point where it's now shelf stable and convenient and we didn't really lose anything in that process um, and then adding the collagen is is just a way to supercharge this and, and get us back to the levels of collagen that we were probably getting in our diet that we don't get anymore. And it, it really was the, the, the biggest reason for us to go with Lona Life. You had a, an excellent collagen supplement. Your bone broth was was exactly what we were looking for and super convenient for drivers. Uh, and, and that's why you're here with us. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, and it really truly is an honor to, to work with you, your team, and, and the tribe. Um, we appreciate all the support. But I agree, Kevin. And I say this to anyone who asks me that question. Look, if you want to go make your own bone broth, I'm never going to say that you can buy a bone broth better than what you make because it is a lot of work. Um, it takes 30 hours. Our job is to give the tribe a convenient, easy way to get the same access of homemade bone broth and collagen while you're on the road and make it easy. Uh, and that's, that, that's really our differentiator. We just want to do our best to use the highest quality product. Uh, we use grass-fed beef for our, our, our beef. Um, all of our collagen is the highest quality co collagen that you can buy. We want to be the easiest access convenience of health. I love that. But I'm never going to say don't make it yourself. A lot of work. <laughs> you know, here's another analogy. I don't know if you caught the part of the show this morning where Lauren was talking about her yogurt. Uh, and people, you know, when we talk about this time, they're like, yogurt, there's, you know, 87 brands of yogurt in the store. Why would you make your own? Because all 87 brands mm -hmm. have a problem. 
None of them are really what we're after when we want yogurt. They've all been so commercialized that that even if you look at it and go, but wait a minute, it's only a whole milk and and you know the the starter to get yogurt going. Yeah, I know that, but the milk. What was the milk source and was it really good? And um, it's only if it's commercial, it's only going to be cultured for four hours. Um, Brian, can you make bone broth in four hours? Oh goodness, no! But but could you could you <laughs> could you make something in four hours? Call it bone broth and kind of fool people into thinking they were actually getting something nutritious. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they're doing with yogurt. So yes, yogurt's nutritious. Yep. It's got probiotics, but when you only culture it for four hours, it doesn't have enough probiotics to make a difference. So it's almost worse that we have this food on the market because people think they're doing something healthy and they're not. So we, are, we, we teach people how to make real yogurt that actually has an impact on your health. And the difference there, there's nothing on the market you can buy. We would love to make that process more convenient for somebody, but we can't. There is no yogurt on the market that's like this. So we're blessed to have this super high quality bone broth and collagen. It, it's there. It's available. It's very convenient. We buy it. It's super easy. I, I wish we could do that with these yogurts. Oh, yeah. We, we see it everywhere. Um, you know, as we said 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago about walking in the uh, center aisle of a grocery store, there's a lot of marketing and there's a lot of tricking of the health of the food you're buying. Um, and I'm a big proponent of making your own natural food. And we at Lona Life, we try the best we can to give you the highest quality um, collagen bone broth that you can get without making it yourself. Yep. Understanding there's so many companies out there that, you know, they, they, they make claims, but those claims, you don't know where the product's coming from. You don't know where the meat's coming from. You don't know um, the source. That's where I think marketing has really confused all of our tribe and how to buy healthy. Yeah. Yep. It, it absolutely has. And, and it's, you know, it, it's nuanced. I see bone broth that has additives that should not be in there and they're not good for us. And, and trying to educate people on this was so difficult. This is why our store exists. It, that this was never in my plan. It was never in any of our business plans early on. We we never had a, a meeting or a plan to have a store and sell stuff to people. That that it, it came about because when I started talking to people about nutrition, and I would say, "Look, you've got to find good sources," and and we we need to avoid things like all these gums and and thickeners and things. We you know, if you don't have it in your kitchen, why would you want it in your food? You know, that's one way of looking at this. I do a lot of cooking. I cook almost everything from scratch. And if I don't have an ingredient in my kitchen to make things, then it shouldn't be in any of my food. That, that's the way I look at this. Uh, but trying to educate the people on that is extremely difficult. We have tens of thousands of approved food additives. We can't possibly know everything about all that stuff. All I know is it didn't exist in hunter-gatherer food, so I don't want it. 
Um, so in the beginning, people would call me with all these crazy brands. Oh, look, I found this bone broth. Is this any good? I don't know. Let me go look it up. Well, looking at it in, you know, 30 seconds on the air, I've already found some problems with it. I, I know the deeper I dig into this, the worse it's going to get. But how do I give people advice over and over and over and get them to the right products you know, I, I can't go out and learn about every possible product, but what I can do is, and, and this is what we do, when we realize we need something, bone broth, we really need to be eating bone broth, collagen, we really need this. Okay, now what I can do is I can go do the work to find the best product on the market. And once I do, that's going to be the one I'm going to guide you to. It doesn't mean there aren't other good products. But this, in my opinion, for all the reasons, convenience, quality, sourcing, um, the ethics of the company, the customer service of the company, all of those things come into play. And once we do that, I can then say, if you want good bone broth, the best bone broth and the best collagen, here it is. And we're going to make it really easy so you don't get confused. We're just going to put it in our store. That's how the whole idea of our store even came about. It was never part of our business plan, but it, it's turned out to work really well. People will call me all the time and say, hey, what about this product? And the best I can do is look it up quickly and say, usually I can say, here's why I wouldn't use this product. Anything deeper than that is going to require me to go do a lot of reading and a lot of research. And, and I just can't. I, I can't vet every product on the market. Oh yeah, I, I I agree, and I think what I would say is, uh, you know, no one likes to read labels. No one likes to go down the grocery aisle and pick up and look at the back of a package. But if you can start to uh, take a product off the shelf, look at it. The less things you read, the better. <laughs> yes, that's uh, a good rule of thumb. Is if you don't know what it is, look at the next one and see if you know what it says on that one. Because the less things that you don't know uh, on the ingredients, the better for your overall health. And that's our goal at Lona Life is how do we make sure that we provide the healthiest, natural, easy product that we can possibly do? Yes. You know, you talked about marketing earlier and reading labels. And, and it is important, but you have to go even deeper than that. And that's when this starts to get just too confusing for most people they obfuscate on labels like crazy. They do everything they can with ingredient names to, to try to, to fool people. So I, I remember when I, you know, the, the book, um, I think it was Sugar Has 56 Names. I think that might have been the number. I can't even remember now. But by the time I read the book, it was out of date. Sugar now has way more than 56 names on labels. They keep coming up with new ways of putting sugar into foods without calling it sugar. Yeah, I saw a research article a week or two ago. The cancer rates for people under 40 are skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure out why, what's up? Why is cancer so high for these young people? And one of the big things with sugar. Yes. Um, yeah, no we doubt. We as society overdo. Um, and so I think one of the great things about bone broth and collagen is it's sugar-free. There's no sugar in it. Um, but 
we've created so many different ways to call sugar sugar <laughs> that we don't know it's sugar, which is driving a lot of the unhealthy things that we're all putting on our body, and we don't even realize it. Exactly. And that's, that's on purpose. That's their plan. There, there's no reason to have all these names. It's confusing. It adds more work to everything. It is there to, to fool people. It, it just is. It, and in the last 10 years, there's been a big push towards sugar is not really good for human beings. And they don't want to take the sugar out of this food because it's part of what makes the food addictive. They don't want to take that sugar out, but they also don't want you to know that it's in there. That's why we have all these crazy names for sugar on labels. There's no other reason for this. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Awful. All right, Brian, any, uh, I know I'm jumping around a lot, but that's how we do things around here. Uh, what other health benefits haven't we talked about yet? I know there's, there's so many of them. We, we were working down the body. We got to the gut. And, and that's probably a real key. We should all probably focus more on, on digestive and gut health. But here's another big one. Uh, almost everybody I know eating the standard American diet always seems to be in some kind of pain. You know, they're stiff, they're sore in the morning, their joints hurt if they, you know, are too active. Uh, I went through this. I was diagnosed with a, an autoimmune condition in my 20s, um, rheumatoid arthritis, and it's gone now. I had it horribly in my 20s, all kinds of joint pain, um, always stiff and sore in the morning. If I worked out too hard, I paid for it for a couple of days. Uh, that was in my 20s. I'm 60 now. I have none of that. It's gone. It was all diet related. Um, how does bone broth and collagen and, and your products play a role in joint health? Um, it's funny. I remember talking to you earlier this week, Kevin, uh, on this exact topic. So I drive a lot. Um, I'm on the road, I don't know, five, a lot. Yeah. And when I'm in construction zones and I can't use cruise control, I got to drive and my knee hurts. Um, and I realized in my older age, that's 100% joint degradation of my collagen. And so where collagen really, really steps in, and it takes time. It, it takes a couple weeks. So it's not uh, one collagen and you're magically sick. <laughs> uh, it does take time. But that joint pain, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning and, and you got to go down the flight of stairs and you thought, man, this hurts today. Yeah, right. Um, joint. And it's the lack of collagen and a degradation of your ligaments and your tendons. That's where collagen really comes in and helps. Um, and as you age, it helps even more. Um, so it really can preventatively remove a lot of the joint pain that you have in all your joints. So now we're, we're down to the knees. But if you keep going down to your, even your ankles and, and your feet, um, the joints are the biggest benefit you can get um, behind your gut health by having a collagen supplement. It, which is awesome because almost everybody I know uh, as an adult has joint pain. It's mm -hmm. to the point where we think it's normal. Oh, that's, you're just getting older. That's just what happens. Bullshit. None of this stuff they told us that is supposed to happen as we get older is true. It's common, but it's not normal. Those are two very different things, and we confuse them. We, we now believe that, well, everybody I know has joint pain, and they all get this as they get older. And well, Yeah, they do. You're right. But it's because they're all eating the standard American diet. 
Talk to people who don't eat that way, and those things don't happen. Your testosterone levels don't go down. I've got the testosterone levels of a healthy 18-year-old at 60, and they, they had us convinced, oh, that can't happen. It's, you'll just deteriorate over time. No, it doesn't. I have better joint health than I did in my 20s. This is how important nutrition is. We've just been brainwashed to believe what we see every day is normal. It's not normal, it's common. And there's a big difference there. And it doesn't have to be this way. We can age and get stronger and healthier as we age. That's the good news. We've, we've become so unhealthy, the good news is there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. We can get really healthy really quickly, and then we can continue. I'm looking forward to my 60s being better than my 50s. Okay. The, the good news is, uh, and I don't, I don't know the exact fact, um, our cells, they regenerate and our body can heal at any age. Um, and so what might be common can be fixed. And that's where we're not focusing enough on fixing what's a common problem, like joint pain, like stomach pains, like gut health. It can all be fixed very basic changes to your health, your diet, and making sure you're getting the right proteins, the right amino acids um, to give you what you need. And it's all fixable. That is the good news. Yes, that's the part I love. Um, I, no matter how much damage you've done to your health. In fact, the more damage you've done to your health, the more we can help you. It, 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 all of this stuff can be improved. Um, even if you're to the point where you have true disease, it, we might not be able to cure some of the damage that's been done. For, for example, autoimmune conditions tend to do permanent damage to things. You know, if you've had an autoimmune thyroid condition long enough, you may have done damage to your thyroid that we can't undo. You may have done enough damage to your gallbladder that we can't really get it 100% functional again. But I can always say this, no matter where you are in your health journey, more nutrition will always be an improvement. It may not completely fix some damage that's been done, but it will always be an improvement. Your health outcomes will always be better when you start eating real food. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think the question that I would ask all your tribe is, where do you start and how do you take one step forward? Don't make it difficult. Um, you know, don't, don't overdo a diet that you're not going to be able to sustain. How do you put one step forward and try to eat a little bit healthier? Great way to approach it. Let me help him. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm like an overachiever. I can't help myself. So I, I'm going to give him two steps. Is that all right? Instead of just one? Absolutely. Uh, try all three collagen. It, there's three, right? Plain chocolate and vanilla? Yep. Yeah. Try all three in your coffee in the morning. That's step number one. Pick your favorite or maybe like two or maybe you like all three. So rotate. Variety is good for us. Um, that's step number one. Step number two, get the, boy, I got to think through the bone broths now. We have some options here, don't we? Um, try all the different bone broths. My favorite 
and it's kind of a little weird. My favorite is actually the the Thai beef, and it's got a component in it that I don't normally like. I, I'm almost sensitive to the taste of turmeric. I can eat almost anything on the planet. I am not a picky eater. I can eat weird stuff, um, eyeballs, ears, snakes. I mean, I, I'll try just about anything, and I like almost everything. Turmeric is like kryptonite. I, I don't know what it is with that stuff. But so mm. like Indian curries, I just can't eat at all. I can't even be in the same room with an Indian curry. Uh, but whoever your you know chef is that, that formulates your blends, nailed it with that flavor. That one's really good to me, and I, I was shocked by that. But Beef is really good. I like to mix up chicken. I, I will say when I cook, I use a ton of bone broth when I cook. And it's always yours. Because when I'm cooking, um, I, you know, I don't want to have to think about, do I have a, a fresh batch of bone broth around? Or, you know, am I going to take three days to make one? Or do I have some frozen and I got to get it thawed? No, I can just right there where I cook is both chicken and uh, beef um, Lona Life bone broth, and I use it a lot. I almost always use chicken when I cook. For some reason, I like it. Even if I'm making like a, a, a heavy beef dish, I tend to use chicken bone broth. For some reason, when I cook, I like it better. So the second part, I got off track there. The second part is that afternoon slump. You know, when we, we've kind of been working hard all morning, and we're, we're, we're kind of starting to feel it. For drivers, they need to take a 30-minute break uh, throughout the day, it's part of their hours of service. That's the time to have that bone broth. Make a big mug of, of bone broth in an insulated cup so when you get back in the truck, you can sip on that for the next couple of hours. Boy, do I love that when I'm driving. So I know you wanted one change. I'm giving them two. But you make those two changes. Try the different flavors of both the collagen and the bone broth. Find your favorite. Make it a habit. Collagen in the coffee in the morning or whatever you drink a good big hot mug of bone broth, throw some extra butter in there if you want. I love putting more butter in the bone broth and blending that in and sip on that in the afternoon. Those are, those are game changers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the, uh, you, you nailed it, Kevin, the middle of the afternoon when you're hungry and down, that's the time to, to have a college in your coffee or have a bone broth. It'll give you, Pickup, it'll curb the hunger versus a Snickers bar or something else. And it'll keep you going through the day with a healthy product. Absolutely. Um, and I noticed I you guys are, um, you're, so right now with um, Let's Truck, it looks like you're offering a promotion for the collagen. I think I'm seeing, well, I don't want to state it unless no, let you me know go. what it is. I think it's <laughs> well, I three. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. People call me and ask me all kinds of questions, and I pride myself on having answers. But I even tell people, you probably shouldn't ask me about our products or our prices because I depend on our team to do all of that. Um, I, I, try, I, I try not to keep a bunch of stuff in my head that I can easily access somewhere else. And I depend on our team. So now we, we absolutely want to talk about the special so you can go on and I'll go I have to actually go look up the details to see what it is. I I have the details okay, here. Good. here. <laughs> when someone buys th um, three stick packs they'll get two stick packs free. 
So they'll be saving basically $41. And that's today through next week. So it's the next, you know, it's for the next week. So it ends on the 20th and it starts today. So if you want to stock up on bone broth, this is, this is the time to do it. There you go. Three, three for two. Buy three, get two. Hmm. I like that. Yes. Buy three, get two free. Yep. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, Brian? that's like, all I would add is, um, you know, we, we, we can't thank you and, and the whole community for supporting us. We want to give this promotion so that people can try it and just attempt to realize how easy it can be to improve your health and improve the meat and the collagen that you ingest. And so our hope is people will take this chance, they'll try it, and then they'll see if they can implement it in their life. But we just want to make it as easy as possible to get to the next step. You know, Brian, I have to say, it, it, when you look at this product, the, the powdered bone broth, the, the high-quality collagen, the, the packaging options that you've got, you know, a stick, a tub, um, it, it's almost like you designed this for truck drivers. We, um, absolutely. We designed this. This company's been around for about eight years. When we started it, um, it was all about people on the go, travel. How do we provide a healthy product for people that are moving? Truck drivers. Um, yep. And so truck drivers, <laughs> bullseye right there, exactly why we created it. Um, we don't want to waver on high quality. So we, we, we will never not have the highest quality grass-fed beef. But we want to make sure we have quality and convenience. Uh, inconvenience, I think, is what is so important because if it's not easy, that you're right. It's, you're not going to do that. That is absolutely correct. We 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 know we are asking people to make radical changes in their lifestyle. We we don't you know try to soft pedal that it, moving from the standard American diet to something like you know keto carnivore. Um, it's a radical change, and I tell people that. This this is not a little dietary change that you're going to do for a couple of months. This isn't Weight Watchers. This isn't, you know, Nutrisystem or this is the rest of your life. If you want to be healthy, it's it looks overwhelming. It doesn't fit in our society. People are going to look at you weird. Uh, so so we need to make every step of it as easy as we can because it is a, a big change and it and it can be a struggle for people so we we love when we can find products like this that make it just so drop dead easy to get this kind of nutrition you know i, I say this all the time and i'm not going to stop saying it you can sit down at a at a table with people and you could eat the the worst food on the planet your dinner could be you know doritos and macaroni and cheese with a giant you know soda and nobody blinks nobody says a thing about that but you sit down and and happen to order just a steak and no i don't want the side of vegetables this time and absolutely i don't want the potatoes and skip the roll people will think you are a freak they, everybody will comment on it and their comments are all negative. Oh, what's wrong with you? Why, why? Oh, it's just food. Just eat it. My, it is so hard to eat healthy in our society and, and you will face pressure when you try. 
So you're, you're right. We've got to make every step of this as easy as we can. And, and you guys have knocked it out of the park with that one. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. It's hard. So how do we make it a little bit easier? One step at a time. There you go. Great stuff. All right, Brian, we've, uh, we've taken up an hour of your day. I know you've got a lot to get on with. Um, anything you want to leave us with? No, I just want to thank you, Kevin. I, these are always some of the most fun conversations I get to have. Um, thank you to your team and, and thank you to the community and the tribe. We're here to support you and, and support one step at a time of health. We love that. And uh, we'll get you back. There's always stuff to talk about. There's always more you can educate us on. And we appreciate you when you do that. That's our goal here to, to really educate people. We're not here to tell anybody how to eat or what to eat. Or, uh, we're here to give them the best information we can and then help them make that decision themselves. And, and we appreciate the help we get from you on that. Oh, Absolutely. Well, thank you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, and uh, have a great day. Take care. Head on over to the store, everybody. Let's uh, let's go over there. Start your new routine. Add to your routine and uh, call us and tell us how it works. Brian, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Talk soon. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Ah, Lauren, what do you think? Yes. I think it's great. <laughs> I, I, I mean, everyone can use more collagen and bone broth, you know. I, I, I don't think their, we've been talking life. about That's it enough. Sure. Yeah, I don't think we've been talking about it enough. There was a time when we did, and, and you know, this happens a lot. You know, we, we learn something new, we find a new product, we get excited about it, we bring it in, we talk about it a lot, and then we move on to the next thing. And I, it, it's hard sometimes yeah. to circle, and we need to. We need to circle back to these things and, and uh, keep talking about them. It's it's really kind of why I want to f- come up with a way to to put out that that like whole lifestyle protocol, you know, get get all of this stuff in one place, easy to reference, and and that's not easy to do. That's why I'm struggling with it, but it's still my goal, you know. All of it, the lifestyle, the food, the nutrition, the stress, which which you know, I I kind of want to go back to as our topic for today. Um, this whole lifestyle thing. Before we do, we've got some uh, questions, so let, let's grab them. We're going to go to Boston. Todd, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, good to talk again. I, I wanted to horrify Brian and say, uh, open my call by saying, hey, fucker. What's going on? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that would have been good. You cut him off. <laughs> you know, and, uh, something else, I didn't realize until about 10 minutes ago, there's a difference. My mind has never made... The, the connection between collagen and bone broth. So is, is one basically for sweet and one is for savory? Is that it? No. No, the, the connection <laughs> is bone broth is loaded with collagen and the collagen product is just more collagen. So it's a solid standalone thing and, and bone broth has other things in it. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so, you know, he... Uh, Brian mentioned, and I think I'm right on this. He he mentioned, uh, you know, the amino acids in collagen. There's most of the 19 essential amino acids, and I think they're called. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think they're called essential because the body can't make it on its own that, from other inputs. It needs, you are 100 correct. In fact, we ding, always ding. use that word essential in nutrition the same way. 
We have essential amino acids. We have essential fatty acids. You know what we don't have? Because we're, we're talking about the three big macronutrients here. Essential amino acids means yep. essential protein. Essential fatty acids means essential fat. We have to have it in our diet. We don't have any essential carbohydrates. Well, look at that. Wow. Right That's, there. there. Yeah, light bulb moment. There's yeah. no, no reason the body has to consume carbohydrates for anything. And that's, that's, that's blowing my mind. I, uh, I love that. Uh, I just made a note of it. Essentially, you know, um, you know what I, I, you know, if I was talking to Brian, I was, would have been very curious to, to see if, if he knew, or if he would just want to hang up and look at his phone, like, what's this guy talking about? But, Many times, if, if I've got a cut or a gash, something on my hand, I'm bleeding, I do have cayenne pepper with me, and I, and I put it on, and, and it really works. But I, I think you can use cayenne for it as well. And I, want it, I don't know, but I, for burns and wounds, I think you can put, put it topically. And I, I haven't heard anything about that or what that, you think about it. I, that would have been a good question for Brian. Maybe we'll get him back just to talk about that. It, it makes, I hadn't thought about it before, but it makes logical sense. When we have a wound, we're talking about skin cells. Those skin cells need to multiply and, and grow back together, which is how we heal a wound. And one of the major components of those cells is collagen. So why wouldn't it help? Yeah. I mean, it just seems logical that it would. Right. We could, as truck drivers, we could stuff it in the, what is it, the my medic the kit my, you sell? We could stuff it in there. Yeah. In the my the MyFAC, yeah. And, I'm, and so another use, do you think if, if I had the uh, bone broth powder, could I just raw sprinkle it out of the package onto a steak? Yeah. You don't have to do anything to it. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I, have- I looked at a seasoning product from a company and the, the seasoning powder was primarily organ meats. You know, the same kind of organ meats we sell in capsules to take as a supplement, which is a a whole food supplement. They created a seasoning powder. And I thought, well, that's brilliant. Um, All I have to do is sprinkle this on my food like seasoning and I'm getting some organ meats. And if I did this often, I'd probably get a lot of organ meats. The problem was I hated the taste. And for me, if, yeah, I, yeah. if I can't get, and I know taste is a really personal thing and some people might like it, um, but if I don't like it and I'm not going to consume it, it's probably not going to be in our store. I, I'm just, I, I, you know, I don't think most people would like it. I, I have a pretty good idea of what people like and what tastes good, and I, but I just couldn't get past this one. Uh, every, you know you every, crack it open dish I put it in, whether I sprinkled it on something or then I thought, well, I'll just throw it in soups or stews. I'll be able to hide it in there. I couldn't. It was like, as soon as I put it in, I just didn't like the taste of that dish as much. And I, I just, if it doesn't taste good, I can't get past that. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you were talking about everything bagel the other day. You could probably put some in your everything bagel shaker and you'd hide the taste that way. Maybe. Uh, I, I, don't know. Just, I, I thought so, but this, it was the it was the liver that was in there. You could always taste the liver. Yeah, it is gross. But uh, I, <laughs> I said this on a recent call that I I have 
graduated, so to speak, to uh, making my own blend of U.S. wellness meats. And I use basically their 25% lean, so, uh, you know, whatever that means, 75% fat. But uh, I put the um, liver, heart, kidney meat in there. I mix it. It was kneaded in with my hands. And and I eat it that way. I don't cook it. And so... Anyway, I, I was anyway. It's a other story for another time. But I told the the doctor in Doctor Wilson's office, and and she didn't even flinch. Good. And she was like, you know, good for you. Yeah, right. You know, and um, they're they're uh, they're pretty good. You know what? She, you know this, and Lauren knows it, and most people listening know it, and I know it. But when I heard her say this to me on the phone, you know, because you know I had that AFib, and I don't even want to talk about it. It's disturbing, but and they gave me those poison medications. And she said, when she said this to me, what you know, everybody knows, I, it just hit me like flat-footed. I didn't, I was learning it again. And what she said was, you don't have AFib because you have a lack of those poison medications in your diet, you know? Right. And it, it, it just told me that I got hit by a Mac, you know? And um, anyway, um, go ahead. Yeah, it's a powerful way of looking at this. We've been raised in an era where prescription drugs are common way too common uh so they become very acceptable to us and we don't think about why we're taking this but if we look at all of these drugs we're we're taking them for all the wrong reasons they're they're not going to fix anything nope and and here's 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 what we should get from this the minute a doctor tries to prescribe you anything you need to look at your nutrition and figure out why he might be why do you even think you need this drug and then we can promise you it's not the drug you need but it's telling you you do need something you need better nutrition right yeah and uh, just to, to go back to that exact point i i can't you can't you can imagine how with bated breath, I wait to get my blood work results back from Dr. Wolfson's office and finally get to the root of why, you know, I can't yeah. lose weight and so forth. No, it's, no, um, I, I'm looking yeah. forward and to I'm, it, too. Oh, well, I'll, I'll call. You, there's no way I could be stopped from calling the show with those results, and I just can't wait. So it'll be about two more weeks before I get them. Um, so, you know, I, while I was on hold, I was just reading about collagen, and I, from what I just saw real quick was you could they make— um, majority of like heart, kidney organs, and so forth for transplant purposes out of collagen. Pretty so incredible. Who knew? Huh? You know, I, I know. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's eat, eat some trachea and <laughs> yeah. Hope for the best. Yeah. Like my saying. dog loves it. Yeah, I remember you said it a few minutes ago. It was just I'd never seen it for sale or heard about it. But uh, um, b- before I go, I think I'm they're going to send me out in a second run here in a minute. Um, is there a uh, health space today? Yes. Yep. Oh, good. What what time uh, East Coast is that coming on? Oh, you know? 15 or 20 so minutes after go- we end this show. Okay, cool. Which will either be when All we right, run I out better- of questions or 11 o'clock Pacific time. Okay. All right. Well, I have some stuff I'll say for that show because it's going to be controversial, but it's health. Good. And, um, all right, I thank you, as always, for everything, and we'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Let, let's grab another call, and then uh, I've got some stuff I want to go back to. Uh, Bill in Kentucky, welcome. How you doing, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind today? Got a question. Okay. I, I'm, I'm bound to determine to do this through and through. All right. I was getting tired of being stiff and sore and everything. 
I'm on day three of no sugars, no grains. Excellent. And the soreness is gone. The soreness is gone. Love but that. But the problem I have, it, it, problem I have is I got a slight headache. But I drink two to three cups of coffee a day, and I don't think it's coffee. Am I like going through like withdrawals and like sugar and carbs? Did, did you quit coffee? No. Okay. No. Uh, well, the reason if I being, quit coffee, I'll turn into. A <laughs> yeah, the reason being, you quit coffee, and and you will probably have some pretty severe headaches for a couple of days. Cutting out caffeine yeah. almost always <laughs> leads to to pretty severe headaches. Um, yeah, I won't but, quit coffee. Yeah, no. but cutting out sugar can have all kinds of effects like that. Absolutely. I mean, they they have it is proven now. Uh, that sugar lights up the same parts of your brain that amphetamines like cocaine and meth do. Not to that extent, obviously, but it's the same kind of thing. And the more sugar you Uh consume, the longer you consume those high amounts of sugar, the harder it is to quit. And there are withdrawal symptoms of quitting sugar. How long does it usually last? Usually it's only a couple of days. That's the good news. Okay. Because it just started today, and I'm just like, it's not, it's not, it's really light. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you bang your head and you have a, like a little, kind of little sore. Yeah. Now, some people won't cut out enough sugar out of their diet. And we have to remember that starches act like sugars. So if we're eating a lot of Mm -hmm. starchy Mm -hmm. foods, we can have that same thing. Um, a lot of people will say that it took them longer to get over those withdrawal symptoms. And as soon as somebody tells me that, what I know is they didn't cut enough sugar out. If you don't get over it in like three or four days at the most, it's because you haven't cut out enough sugar then. What, the headache? Yeah, the headache, that that fogginess, that craving. I see people get a lot of cravings that they can't really figure out. Um, the first thing when you have a food craving you should do is drink water. Many times you're just dehydrated. Oh, right. Being dehydrated causes all kinds yeah. of weird cravings, and that seems odd. But but then the next thing, if, if you're just not getting over this kind of sugar high and withdrawal, it's probably because there's still too much sugar in your diet to get over it. And it drags out, and it's kind of miserable. Yeah, I, and I used to be really, really... Uh oh. Well, since oh, I haven't, since I've been on, um, yeah, I said, I said, um, I used to be lethargic, you know, how like you come down off of what I call it, well, insulin spike and you come back right. down. And yeah, ever since I quit day three, today, I'm just like, I'm not even tired. Good, good. That means you, you, you cut out enough then. You, you'll probably be over this mild headache in another day or two, if that. Okay. That's what I kind of figured this was, but I just wanted to see nope, what you that's thought. Maybe absolutely. Something. Nope. Makes total sense. All right, brother. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, All right. Thanks for the call. Um, we do have phone lines open. If you want to jump in, now's the time. 855-950-3835. Lauren, I want to go back to this lifestyle thing and, and electricity and light. And one of the reasons I got thinking about this, um, you know, that, that property we bought, I looked at their their lifestyle over there, and they heat with wood, mm-hmm. and they cook with wood the majority of the time. I mean, that that's kind of radical, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, this day and age, for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, they, at, at first when I was looking at, I mean, he built this beautiful woodshed and it's loaded with wood and there's, you know, six different places around the property where there's, there's wood stacks and they're all nice and neat. And, you know, there's four wood burning ovens on the property. There's a, a full blown oh. wood burning oven stove in the kitchen, you know, with, you know, you can cook on the top, you can cook in the oven. I mean, it's, it's a full blown cook stove in the kitchen. Um, in the house is mm-hmm. a, a wood burning oven, I guess we call them. That's just for heat. Um, it's made out of Italian soapstone. Um, you put, you know, a load of wood into it. And they're not even that big and, and your wood has to be cut fairly small. Um, you put three or four logs in there, which is about all it will hold. It will burn for 12 hours, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 hours. How? How? <laughs> because it, it maintains such a low oxygen environment. It, it burns the mm-hmm. wood really slowly and the soap, st- wow. it's made out of soapstone and cast iron. And soapstone holds, soapstone is a natural stone, like granite and, and things like that. The soapstone holds yeah. twice as much heat as steel. Well, I did not know that. I used that as our countertop in our cabin. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. The the best wood burning stoves are made out of cast iron and soapstone. And for the most part, you, you really only have to tend to, depending on what kind of wood you're using, if you're using really good hardwood, it, it, you know, really works well, but for the most part Mm -hmm. with really good hardwood, you can get away with tending the fire like twice a day. You, you, in the morning, you know, you, and, and if you do this right, you don't keep relighting fires. You tend to the fire right before you go to bed. And when you wake up in the morning, there still should be coals there. (laughs) <laughs> that's so cool yeah so you just you know throw your next load in in the morning and um it, it's really it's actually really efficient it's a really efficient way to heat and they cook that way that's a pretty radical change in lifestyle and then i noticed they have really really beautiful like i think there's like six of them that i saw and i think they're leaving all this stuff really beautiful oil lamps not like lanterns, you know, kerosene lanterns. These are oil lamps. And that's what people used to use for light, right? Long before we had electricity. That's why we used to hunt yeah. whales. We used to hunt whales because... I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, whale oil works really good in blubber. these lanterns, right? Um, and I got looking at those mm-hmm. and I thought, what if... You know, I'd have to get Lisa on board with this, but I, I got thinking, what if this winter... You know, it gets dark so early in the day. We have to turn on these artificial lights at four o'clock in the afternoon around here. And then we spend the next five to six hours before we go to bed under artificial light, which we know is not good for us. What if what if I, I what if I didn't go completely off the grid, but what if at night we just use these oil lamps? I love that idea. Where do you get the oil though these days? I'm just I still think oil lamp oil is easy to come by. They have gallon jugs of it. 
all over the okay. place. Yeah, they have, they've got, they store gallon right. jugs of it. When the power goes out, that's what they do. They don't use like electric battery powered lanterns and flashlights and they, they just have a bunch of oil lamps. And it's kind of funny. We were talking about this. Idea. We asked how often does the power goes off? You know what her answer was? Not enough. <laughs> she said they actually like it. You know, it's, it's kind of fun. It's an adventure and they get out the oil lamps. And she said, but the power almost never goes off anymore. And I got thinking, well, why wait? Oh. Why wait? Why, why not just? Yeah. And what if you only did it two nights a week? What if you said, yeah, you know, we're not going to do this every mm-hmm. night. But what if just the weekends, no pressures, no schedule? We're, we're just going to use oil lamps. I love that idea. I think it sounds like such a neat place, by the way. I think fire. Oh, it is. It's it's enchanting, is the word that keeps coming to mm. mind. It's whimsical That's and a good word for yeah, it. and enchanting and and I, I I think firelight is probably the next closest thing and the most natural light to sunlight. Mm-hmm. So now we think about hunter-gatherers I again so who lived their life in sunlight because they lived outside. They were exposed to sunlight mm-hmm. almost the entire time the sun is shining and we're not anymore. And then once the sun went down, what were they exposed to the rest of the time they were awake? A fire. There's fire. There right? was nothing and, else. And, right. There was yeah. a fire. That was the only way you could see. Yep. So I think we've Very forgotten cool. how good fire might be for us. I completely agree with you. Absolutely. So I think I'm, I'm a gonna... very low light person at night. I do not like anything very bright. I don't I definitely either. don't like those really white, Ooh. white light. I like if it's, if it's anything, it needs to be very soft. Yes. Kind of have an orangey glow. Warm. I use the salt lamps. Yes. Warm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, well, first off, I'm going to be around now. Like I said, there's four of these. You got the cook stove in the house, the, the stove we use to heat in the house. Um, the barn mm-hmm. has two wood burning ovens. One, there's a big wood shop and all the tools are staying in the wood shop, all the machines. That whole workshop is heated by a wood stove. And then there's, <laughs> Very neat. Then there's an apartment in the barn um, that's heated by a wood stove. Then that's the four, two in the barn and two in the house and wood everywhere. So now not only do you have the activity of wood because you got to go now, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my God, how much time does he spend cutting down trees and splitting wood? And I started thinking, can I even do that with my schedule? <laughs> what well, turns out he doesn't. At, he buys seven cords at a time and they bring it in a big dump truck. Oh, and they, seven, they, at a time. seven at a time. They, they dump it out of a big dump truck and then they stack it all. And they have man, their stacks are just beautiful. And but it's all over the property. So now you have the activity. You got to go get wood. You got to carry wood. You got to stack wood. You got to, you know, it, it, it's just motion and activity and it's good for us. But I got thinking we're also going to be around fire a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward Definitely. to it. Really looking forward to kind of simplifying. And yeah, and then I thought about these oil lamps and just taking a couple nights out of the week and saying, I'm going to go over and I'm going to turn off this, the master switch on the panel for electricity. Um, now, if, if, you know, Lisa wants to watch a show on her iPad, we can do that. We don't have to have the power on in the house. 
Um, we could power the couple of things we need, but it might just be fun to, to kind of go back to, you know, living like that and stay modern. You know, I'm not talking about checking out of society or anything, but I I think I could find a a much, much better balance than I have right now. Yes, definitely. All right. Let's, uh, let's bring Marcia into the conversation. Good morning. Hey guys. Um, how are you? Uh, well, I wanted to say, as far as the wood goes, uh, that's what my husband and myself, we have a log cabin in the woods, and we primarily just heat with in the wintertime. And um, we, my husband has kind of perfected uh, splitting wood. He, oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's been, like, looking on YouTube videos and everything, and he's... There's a guy, his name is Bucking Billy Ray Smith, and he specializes in splitting. So what you, when you split down, when, you, when, you're, when you're going down, you turn the, the axe just a teeny bit, and that will, I mean, it's like butter when you get the, he, you'll, see the you'll see the YouTube video. Right. He does a tutorial on it, and um, he... After he learned this trick, man, it's unbelievable. I mean, you can almost like the way you, I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a beautiful thing. Nice. And it is a I very nice feeling to cut wood and you're just constantly, you know, you're out there in the elements yeah. outside, which is also good. And then you're just splitting and then there is nothing like a fire. Oh. I, Even, you know, in the house, it, I mean, it's better sleeping, everything. Yes. When you, there's a fire going, and, I, and I just absolutely love it. And soapstone, oh, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I was just going to add to that. Why, why are we surprised by that? And I am. I'm like, why is fire? Why fire is this? It's this amazing thing. And almost every human loves a good fire. So it, it and of course we do. For a million years, we lived with fire a, a good part of every day. Yes. And just to have that, like even a bonfire at night, that just makes me sleep better. I just feel complete. And to have the fire going and to see the fire yeah. and stalking the fire and just the heat of the fire. I know. The, the, is the just warmth, a different the, kind of heat. That soft light and uh, the glow and the smell and uh, really just everything about it. I think it's why as humans we are drawn to it. And I can totally agree with uh, I think that should be part of the protocol is if you can get yourself out to, you know, a bonfire, whatever, that just adds, that's like the bonus point right there yeah. is the fire. Uh, and I also agree with Lauren and, and yourself about that. I like the amber light. What I do a lot now is I just, I bought some like stained glass, like lamps and Tiffany type style, right. which is just a softer light in the exactly. house right at mm-hmm. night. And it, it just yeah. isn't such, such, you know, calming. You know, one of the things I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to in, in the switch on properties, where we live in the gorge and, and the property I'm moving to, which is out of the gorge, but it's, it's just beautiful. I mean, the, the Pacific Northwest, I just love it here. So we have a lot of glass. We have a lot of windows, both properties. And I, I love that. I want to be able to see the outside all the time. Um, but 
part of the problem where I live now with all this glass is the damn streetlights. They switch to these new high-intensity blue, you know, blue-white streetlights, and they're shining in my windows all the time, and it makes me insane. I can't wait to get out there where I can have total darkness at night. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Where you, you're controlling the light. Yes. Um, and that, that light is, that, it's like a fluorescent. I, I don't know what that light is, but it's annoying. It's and awful. It's, I, I totally agree with you. And I don't have a soapstone wood stove, but we do have a soapstone hearth. Oh, so okay. the, the bottom of our wood yeah. stove is, and I'll tell you, that thing is the best because it definitely just radiates so, heat coming off of the stove. It, they are incredible. And, you know, Lisa's going to be really shocked. I don't think she's ever really um, had a stove like this. And we do have two fireplaces in our house, two wood-burning fireplaces, because I love wood. You know, there's no way I was putting gas stoves in or, oh my God, those goofy electric fireplaces they put in RVs make me crazy. Um, I wanted real wood. So we have two fireplaces in the house with real wood, but... They are horribly inefficient. They're just big, wide-open fireplaces, and because of all the wind we have around here, it's hard to get a good draw. Uh, Smoke keeps blowing back down in the room, and we actually had to put electric fans on the top of our chimneys to pull the smoke out when the wind's too bad. So that makes it really inefficient because you're sucking all the heat right out of the fireplace with this fan. But I still do it. Um, It's not an efficient way to heat at all. I do it just because I love having the fire. But now, you know, in a fireplace Mm -hmm. like that, you go through a lot of wood. Like you're putting a new log on about every 15 minutes and you will go through a lot of wood in a fireplace like that. These these really nice, you know, cast iron soapstone ovens, like I said, a load of wood can go 10 hours. Oh, my goodness, yes. With those stoves alone, plus the pipe that goes up, you're gritting a lot of heat just right. by that. Right. Um, I, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, we have a Vermont, Vermont casting. We, we oh, really like that one. stove, yeah. wood stove. Yeah. And are we, we have also um, was able, you know, we do, you could do like an eight, 10 hour burn for sure at our place too. Yeah. And that, I think it's, you know, it's restricting the heat kind of, but we, we kind of fill the, the, the ash, the ash, you know, collector. Right. We don't really, the, uh, we kind of fill that up a lot. We keep yeah. the ash in there and it seems I, to get a longer burn out of it. I, well, I think it does. It That slows but, down airflow. It holds heat. And that's the point. You're, you're actually trying to slow down the burn. And, and, and that's why the wood lasts so long. You're, you're restricting oxygen and that slows the burn down. Um, and having that, that mass of ash under there actually makes that more efficient. I, I do the same thing. And our bedroom is upstairs, so all the heat rises. But there has been many times where the window upstairs is wide open. <laughs> oh, we have a screen, but it's all all night so, with the wood stove burning. It's the best. So here's the mm. how I, I and I looked at all this, and I looked at the way he built. So the house was built in three stages. 
You can't tell now. It looks like it was all built at once. They've done a beautiful job on it. But the original part of the house was a a hunting cabin built in 1902. Then the next part of the house, kind of the kitchen, dining room area, was built in like the 1940s. And then the last part of the house with the living room and master bedroom was built in the 1970s. But it is the entire house is all solid pine. The exterior boards are pine. The framing is pine. The interior floors, walls, and ceiling are pine. It's solid wood. Now, the new part with the living room, and that's where this new soapstone stove is, sits on a very big um, stone base. The fireplace is massive inside and out. It takes up three quarters of this wall. And on the outside, it's even bigger. And I, I realized that all of that stone holds the heat. And then the master bedroom is right above this. So it's the same thing on a couple of logs for the day. The living room and bedroom are just so toasty. When you go to bed, you're going to have to open the windows, which I love. Right. And actually, it won't uh, be windows. I don't windows. even think we put both stoves. We, we have two sets of French mm-hmm. doors upstairs. So we'll be doors wide <laughs> open. <laughs> it has to be pretty cold to get the two stoves rolling uh, for us. Um, but, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's been, even you got the wood walls and everything. So that's also right. keeps the cold, cold in and it keeps the warm in as well. I was, and that just brings more earth yes. inside your house too. It, 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 yeah, I was surprised they don't have any air conditioning, and I thought, ooh, we didn't I, have. Yeah, know, that's normal. I, yeah, and I kind of thought I I don't like sleeping when it's hot. I that's the one thing to, during the day not having air conditioning, not a, but but from what I understand from them. They leave the house open all night. Everything cools down. All this mass of wood cools down. And then in the morning, if it's going to be a hot day, they close it up. It's the, the house is really sheltered in the trees. You almost can't see the house from anywhere. Um, a lot of the rest of the property is wide open, but the house is really deep into the trees, big trees, 120 footers that are five feet away from the house, a, a whole mass of them. Uh, and they say you are going to be surprised how cool this house stays on a hot day. For 20 years, we didn't have air conditioning um, because we did have our backyard was had big trees uh, close to the house. Never had to worry about air conditioning. You know, maybe a couple of fans once yeah. in a while when it was like 90, right. 100 degrees, but that was about it. Yeah. Now that we cut those trees down, unfortunately, right. we do have to put air on at night. But yeah, that's the same exact thing. Those trees, oh my gosh, so much cooler. Yes. Yeah, I love it. It is a beautiful so, place. Ah. Uh, well, good luck. All right. All that. It's going to be fun. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Good, good talking to you. I'll, I'll be calling you for advice on country living. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go to Georgia. Matt, welcome. Good afternoon. Well, as you know, we're planning on building a house in a couple of years. Yes. And uh, you really piqued my interest with the soapstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
did a little quick Googling. You can do soapstone floors because I want to do all radiant heat throughout the house. Wow. And, you know, we'll probably heat from a wood stove majority of the time. Right. So that if that stuff holds the heat, I would imagine that would... Wow. I mean, radiant heat in its own is extremely efficient. Oh, it's awesome. Now, if I do soapstone floors... That'd be wild. That would be even more efficient, I would think. Yeah, they would. That's a cool idea. I didn't know you could do soapstone floors. What are they, like cut tiles? Well, I just Googled it, and there is, you know, soapstone flooring, so I haven't done any reading about it. So it Uh, does exist. That's all I know so far. Yeah, I I will not be messed. It's a very cool idea, and I would almost maybe think about doing some rooms in this house because we do have radiant floor heating, and I love it. Uh, The house over there has some of the most beautiful pine floors I have ever seen. The the middle of the house, the floorboards, the pine floorboards, I haven't measured them, but I'm just looking at the pictures again. I'll bet some of these floorboards are, are close to 18 inches wide. Yeah, um, I know, you know, up to the Midwest, the old, what we call an Amish barn or whatever, you know, the older style. Most of them were one by twelves. So that by, was that, for some reason just a real, real common cut. That might be what these the are. Some of them actually look like they might even be a little wider than that. And any more, you do a pine floor, you're lucky if you get four inch boards. Yep. And I know a, a friend of mine that did the interiors of his shed with all rough cut. The interior walls of his well, it's a garage, yeah. a separate building, but. So he got all one inch rough cut, which still had the bark on the side. Oh, wow. So he just set his table saw at, you know, half an inch or whatever mm-hmm. to shave off the, um, shave off the bark. Okay. So all of his boards going around the inside of his garage, they're vertical, but they're all different spaces. Oh, right. So you just seal them all together. And then, you know, you cut one when you get to the corner Yeah. to fill in the last gap, but yeah, so there's nothing's uniform. It's different, different widths all the way along the wall. This whole house is like that. You can really see only if you're paying attention. When you walk around the house, because it's all pine, it feels very uniform, like it was all built at once. But if you really start paying attention, the size of the boards are all over the place. Everything from the little, you know, two and three inch slats almost to these big, wide, you know, twelve inch floorboards. Um, so, so yeah, the other thing you were talking about there with fireplaces, and I absolutely love fireplaces, and Angie wants a fireplace, but my biggest reason for not wanting one is they're a waste. They, you know, you, uh, all you do is throw wood in it. Open <laughs> fireplaces are wonderful, but they are horribly inefficient. Uh, that's kind of my point. So, you know, this. Uh, the the good soapstone cast iron, they've got a nice, clear glass front, so you do still see the fire. Yeah, and that's, believe it or not, I don't think they're still the highest rated today, but one of the most efficient just heating stoves, a, a cast iron or steel stove, they were cast originally, is actually a Franklin stove invented by Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, get the ones the ones with the glass doors. Or I, you might even be able to get more glass on some of them nowadays, and that's more what I would think of. 
Because then you can actually seal in the heat and it radiates out. And you can still see it, which is nice. When when, uh, we had the cabin in Colorado, it had a really, really efficient wood-burning stove. You could get that whole cabin up to 90 degrees in the middle of winter. Uh, But it was completely enclosed. You didn't see the fire at all. There was no glass. And I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. And then there's these... um just the heat radiating fans so there's it's no electric motor it's just a small fan with some wavy metal on the back mm-hmm. you know that absorbs the heat and that makes the fan spin somehow <laughs> right you just set them on top of the stove and it spreads the heat around the uh-huh. around the room yeah i've also seen like the, the one i saw the other day was a cast iron chicken and you filled it with water and put it on top of your stove and it acted like a humidifier yeah. See, see, this is my off-grid thinking here. Is these neat things you can do because I don't want to be disconnected from the world, and I like right. you know modern conveniences of a lot of things. But the more of these little things you can do that don't need to be plugged in, you know, you don't need to the, be buying propane or whatever. Exactly. Right. Wood. Wood. Lots and lots of wood. And I'm in yep. the middle of well, a national forest. I'm surrounded by about a million acres of trees. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be sitting on a hundred acres of fully wooded land. So exactly, just, just cutting dead stuff that's already on the ground is, is right. more than enough. <laughs> right? I, I, you know, I there's there used to be trails all over the property when they had the kids there, and then after the kids grew up, they didn't maintain them. But they're kind of there, and I, I'm going to go in and maintain them all. And just the cleanup in there is going to give me all kinds of wood to burn. Uh, it, it, you know, and then I, I this idea of what if they're just a couple nights a week or whatever, we just turned off the lights and used lamps? I love that. Yep. And yeah, the oil lamps, I don't know because I haven't looked in many years, but I had um, a teenager. I lived in a basement at my mom's house. I took the whole basement for myself. There you go. <laughs> I was the only boy. Uh, <laughs> three sisters, my mom and my grandma so, all lived in the same house. So, so you, you, had yeah. a, you had a boy cave. Yeah, I, I had a man cave before I was a man. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, back then, you could still buy that oil even at Walmart. And, I mean, so I'd imagine it's still available yeah, almost they, they, anywhere. I don't know if Walmart still has it, but it's, a, it's around. Yeah, I'm sure I can get it online. I, they had gallons of it all over the place. You know, they stocked gallons, and they had the, the lamps everywhere. And I, I started looking at thinking, boy, it'd be really nice. Like I said, maybe it's just the weekends. You know, maybe during the week when we're working, you know. Yeah. But maybe on the weekends, we just say, look, when it, especially in the wintertime, it gets dark so early. What if we just had lamps on all day? I mean, that sounds so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine like any like harm home and garden farm stores. Yeah. Like yeah. tractor supplies nationwide and some of the other ones. Yeah. I, I would almost imagine they have that stuff still. You know, you talked about not like the fans that don't even elect use electricity. Um the greenhouse, I talked about this before. Um the greenhouse looks more like a, a cottage. I mean it's got cedar siding and it's just it's just beautiful craftsmanship, but the it's got a couple, it's got a lot of glass, obviously, because it's a greenhouse, but a couple of the windows have struts 
And inside the strata, I got to do more research on this. There's so much I, I want to learn about everything on this property. But I, I want to do more research on this. The struts have some kind of liquid in them that act like mercury in a thermometer. As the temperature goes up, it expands. And when the temperature gets high enough, the, the strut expands and opens the window to vent out and control the temperature so it doesn't get too hot. And then as it cools down, the, the windows will close automatically with no power. Uh, very possibly could just be water if it's a long enough, narrow enough tube. I, yeah, I don't. Just water expansion. I, I don't know exactly what's. I, maybe it's mercury. I don't know. I, I, I want to find out, but I thought that was fascinating. And the, the door for the chicken coop opens and closes automatically without power, too. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, you, you talking about your new property is, you know, I mean, we're, we're years into ours because I only own half of the property so far. And where I actually want to build the house is on the piece of property I don't own yet. Oh, yeah. But okay. that's probably, hopefully, within two years, we'll be buying that. Well, you get a long time so, to plan. And I, I, I'm yep. really fortunate in that. I, I feel like somebody built this property for us. Like, I don't have to do much of anything. It's like, it's all there already. I, I'm sure I'm going to make improvements and add things, but it, it's it's such a unique property. It, it's why we weren't really in the market for a property like this right now. We thought that was still a couple of years off. We were really looking for more investment kind of properties, things we could use for vacation rentals. and But that works out okay, too, because once we move over there, this the property we live in becomes our ultimate vacation rental. I mean, this one can generate all kinds of revenue. Um, but it, this, yeah. it, it's, you know, in the past when there's been a property we've been interested in, but it wasn't the right price or something wasn't exactly right about it, it was easy to say uh, there will be another property. You know, don't rush this. This one isn't exactly right. Just just wait. And usually, Lisa, that, that is far more patient at that than I am. This one, though, you know, when in the first couple of days when we were really kind of thinking, are we really going to make an offer on this thing? I did have to say there will not be another property like this. That's unusual to say. Mm-hmm. There's properties everywhere. You're always going to find. I, I have to. I've looked at enough properties. There's not going to be another one like this. You would have to create it. And I looked at the cost and the time to recreate what is already there. And I think we got a hell of a bargain on this property. Yeah. That's almost the way ours happened, too. It's a gravel road. And we've been down the road before. It's 20 miles from our existing house. Right. And it just, the, the, the whole tree cover covers the whole road. There's basically no sunshine even hits the gravel. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of people, like uh, high school senior pictures, they go out there and they, they do pictures with their vehicle on that road. Oh, and yeah. All that. Yeah. And for years, we've always thought, God, wouldn't it be nice to own a piece of property off of this land? Yeah, right. And just one day we happen to be driving by and there's a for sale sign. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it had already been on the market for, I think, three months. And, and we moved quick. And within a week, we had an offer in and they accepted right away. Yeah. And that was three years ago on the first piece. And then 
it's um you know the the old man passed away and it's a brother and sister that own the two halves and so we have first right of refusal on the second half and nice nice and she's we, got she's got twin daughters to go to college in another two years so that's when she's going to sell it so it's that, that's why i'm working so hard is to save up and be prepared absolutely Yep, absolutely. There is a possibility we could expand this property. There, there's other big properties around it. Um, not a lot. I mean, there's just not many properties out there at all. But there is a cluster right there around us of, of you know, properties that are two to ten acres, maybe a handful of them. And uh, one of them, the owners told me, if you went to him, it, it, it borders our land he'd probably sell you some more if you wanted it. And I said, yeah, probably not right now, but we'll keep an eye on that kind of stuff in the future. There is a, there is a possibility I could pick up a piece of land that would actually give us um, riverfront property on the Wind River. We have a creek that goes into the Wind River, and we're only about 200 yards from the river itself, uh, but our property doesn't go to the river. But the creek that actually runs through our property empties into that. Um, but there is a piece that we might be able to buy that would actually connect us to the river itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lifetime dreams are, you know, are, are coming true. I know. I know. Just listening to you talk about it and. You know what I've been through in the last several years with buying what I've bought, and it's yeah, it, it's just it's interesting listening to the tone of your voice as you talk about it. I I think you could tell I'm a little excited. Yep. <laughs> yeah. As you should so, be. I'm yes. excited for you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. But, you know, it it it's uh, that old saying. You know, well, I I and I do feel like I've been lucky my whole life. These kind of things seem to happen to me. Uh, but I go back to that, you know, mm-hmm. luck is nothing more than what happens when preparation meets opportunity and opportunity always exists. So all we have to do is get prepared. And I, I feel like that's what we've done. I've been talking about it for years. We've we prepared ourselves and knowing what kind of property we wanted and why we prepared ourselves by getting financially ready. And it, it was it's like, OK, we're ready now. And, and look, the opportunity showed up. It works. There you go. It yeah. works. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's about all I had for today, and we'll probably catch you over on spaces I, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I will say that I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of interested in the whole guinea fowl thing. The more I look at these guinea fowl, the more, uh, the more interested I get in them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, you had a call Monday talking about with the rooster and all that, and why you don't need one and. Yeah, protection is the reason you need one. It, right. They're they're the the leader of the flock, right. and uh, they'll go after any predators and sacrifice themselves to save the hens. Yeah, um, and that's what happened yeah, last time. The rooster fall, got eaten. Yep, yep, and that's his purpose. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. He did his job. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've looked into guinea fowl, but we've never never raised any. It, it. I, I would almost call them like a super chicken. They're, they're, they seem yeah. to be a little they're, more durable. They, they, they're not domesticated. You're not going to make pets out of them. They really don't even recommend you have a coop for them. They'll, they'll nest in the trees themselves. Um, 
I guess they are like tick eating machines. Like they will just clear yep. the property of ticks. They will eat rodents. So they're like, you know, having a whole flock of cats around if you're trying to keep, you know, mice and rodents down. They act like guard dogs. They make noise when strangers come around. They're kind of incredible <laughs> birds. And I got thinking, um, oh, and I, the other thing is, I guess they make really good meat. And I'll bet I would really like it. They're all, the, the whole bird is dark meat which I love dark meat anyway. I tend to like duck more than chicken. So I, I think this, I would actually really like the meat of these. I have to say, I have no problem whatsoever killing animals to eat them. Doesn't bother me a bit unless I raised the animal. I, I don't think I could eat an animal mm. I raised. I would never make a good Just farmer, obviously. But like the chickens yeah. even. I, I don't, I have no plans no. on eating the chickens ever. There, I know those chickens are going to end up being more like pets, and there's no way I'm going to be able to eat them. But I got thinking these guinea fowl, they're not really domesticated. You kind of just get them so they kind of hang out around your property is all you're really looking for. They're going to go nest in the trees. I, I would think that if I bought, you know, four females and a male, that pretty soon in a couple of years, I might have 15 or 20 of them running around, right? And just go out and grab one and whack his head off and eat him. That wouldn't bother me. No. The, the guinea fowl are deceiving, though, when it comes to meat. So a guinea fowl is a much longer body than a chicken. Skinny. So they look like they're, yeah, about double the size of a chicken, but it's all feather. Yeah, they're, they're, they're skinny. Yeah. The average guinea fowl, I think, is three pounds. And they, they're, they, yeah, very they even small. lay smaller eggs, much smaller than chickens. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I might have to go so grab like two a, of them. Yeah, I might have to grab two of them and whack their heads off then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not that it's hard. A, right. It's like a cornish hen. I don't, I, I don't know if I could do it if I raised it because I get like I, I, these chickens are going to be pets. I know they are. That's how I am with animals. If 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 an animal will let me pick it up and hold it, I'm going to, <laughs> and it will become a pet. And I I don't think I could eat them after that. Yeah, uh, you get enough enough of them around there between Maybe. you know a couple of goats, yeah, we'll, couple we'll pigs see. and. Enough chickens and guineas and turkeys, and eventually you get hungry. Yeah. I, I even thought about um, having a couple pheasant running around on the property might be cool. Well, those are very hard to contain. That's kind of what I thought. That, yeah. that it might not be so. And I don't want to contain them. That's another thing about the guinea fowl. I don't need a yep. pen. I don't have to fence them in. I, they just tend to kind of hang around if you do it right. Yeah, and you can clip their wings so they don't fly away. But well, that I, goes they, a little bit against my morals. I'm I'm more for doing natural. a fully enclosed yeah. acre uh, of netting, yeah, to keep it yeah. in than than clipping their wings. Well, the way I understand the guinea fowl, they're going to nest in the trees, and and if you clip their wings and they can't do that, what where's their protection now? Yeah. So, um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a whole new way of life. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun too, and a lot of work, a lot more work than what you probably realize. Yeah, but as you build, you'll eventually get overwhelmed. That is the point of it, though. Like the garden. The point of it is the activity. Started out small, and (laughs) and and I will say, 
I grew it too big. This year, my garden at home is too big. It was too, it, mostly because I have to do so much manual watering. That, that was my biggest issue. You know, planting mm-hmm. all of this was hard, but that can be over in a couple of days. Harvesting can be a lot of work when you have this much, but that can be over in a couple of days. It was the constant watering and I had too much to water and then I, I get behind and then the plants suffer. And so I did get to the point where I figured out if I want to be able to grow this much, I'm going to have to automate the watering. Well, guess what's already done over at the new property? He's got the most incredible irrigation system I've ever seen. Everything is watered automatically. Yeah, everything is watered automatically, and it's all watered from a well, so it doesn't cost anything. Um, I could just go on and on. Like I said, it was almost like they built this for us. I love it. I should – I I have a – Lisa found this the other day. She found a Facebook page that this family started. So back in, I think it was 2017, 2015, somewhere around there, they decided to turn the property into a dahlia farm to raise dahlias. And then you, the way dahlias work, they, you grow them from a bulb like a tulip. And then each year mm. you can get more bulbs and then you can split them. So that's the way dahlia farms work. They grow dahlia plants all the time. And then at the end of the season, you dig up the bulbs and there's a way to do it. You have to do it right, but you can separate them and create two plants out of one. And then those will grow. So you can just keep multiplying. So they started a dahlia farm and they documented it on this Facebook page. And then after like 2017, they never updated anything, but it's still there. And they, they did this big dahlia circle, like a, like a maze almost. So you walk through this circular planting, and I forget, they had like 1,500 or 2,000 dahlias, all the different varieties, and uh, it was pretty spectacular. And, and they documented it on this Facebook page. So you get a little kind of feel of what, what they were doing out there on the property. Very nice. Yeah. All right, Matt, what else you got today? All right, well, uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. This is why the the X, Twitter, whatever spaces works better, because somebody else will throw another idea it, it, in, this, and then I can keep going. But This kind of conversation, <laughs> you're right. This works better in a sp- – I almost wanted to keep Marcia on and bring some – because she has a lot to add to this. She lives that way. Uh, and I got to oh, I got to yep. meet Marcia when I was in Pittsburgh. She's not that far from Pittsburgh Power, and she was telling me a little yep. bit about her lifestyle then, and it, it was really intriguing. It, it's a very kind of simple, the same thing. She talks about the heat with wood, you know, the activity, the all of it. So um, I was going to keep her on it, because you're right. This is more of a conversation where it should just be a conversation. Yeah, yeah, because she mentioned that fucking Billy on YouTube. Yeah, right. And I, I've seen a couple of his videos, and he's a, it's a very corny humor <laughs> that he has. Right. But his, his information is great, but his, his, his persona trying to be funny, I mean, you'll just laugh at him <laughs> and with him at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I was really kind of, I was already looking at big, big chainsaws and wood splitters and, and thinking, boy, you know, I'm going to have to up my wood game here. Uh, and then I found out they just buy it all. 
And I thought, you know, I, I can cut wood if I have to, and I like it. And it, But looking at this property, I don't think I want to be cutting and splitting that much wood all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. And feeding four wood stoves um, means a lot of wood. And I think I'll just, uh, I think I'll just continue his tradition of just have it delivered seven cords at a time. <laughs> uh, one other subject i guess i could add if you're going to get into hunting and the bigger stuff uh prc which is precision precision rifle company which is owned by hornady makes bullets yeah they came out with a brand new shell last year a seven millimeter prc and uh i ordered a gun and it's coming in this week and this is a Pretty pretty good ballistics and all that. Really good uh, large game hunting rifle. So so it's a it's a rifle. Into, back and into hunting more big stuff. Yeah, it, is it seven millimeter? Is the ammunition size? Is the bullet size? Yep. Really? Which is so seven millimeter? I believe is point two eight four. It's a small bullet. So a two eighty yeah. caliber. That's a small bullet. Well, I guess well, not. Thirty caliber. True. Is, Pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, this is it's the same size uh, action. You know, this, what they call a standard or long action is you know the thirty odd six is one of the oldest in that style. Right. I've got a thirty odd six and then a two seventy, which is the same shell, just neck down to a two seventy caliber. Two seventy may so that, be one of the most popular little, too. Yep. Yep. So that. 270 is a 8.6 millimeter. So okay. this is, it was a really odd size is what it was, is it's exactly 10% smaller than the 30 odd six. Okay. Got so it. why, why they went with a, and it's the true number, the 30 calibers are, are uh, 0.308. So you're, right. you're 308, Which, 300 wind mag, all the 30 calibers are 0.308. And 308 and the, is really, um, AK-47 round as well, right? Point yep. five. No, not. Yep. Yeah. It's point. Um, well, there, it's not five, five, six. That's yeah, the I, AR-15. No, that's. Yep. Um, it's the, point the five, se- five, seven something. Six. Seven point. It's a 308, seven point something. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be over seven. Seven point something. Yeah, that's it, yeah, it's the it's the, the five five six AK forty seven shoots a was, round that's almost identical to a three oh eight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the AK platform. But so like the thirty odd six was the main bullet used during World War One. Right. On the American side. And then the five five six became real popular during Vietnam. That was why they went that small a caliber, a lot of people didn't like it. It wasn't near as effective. And, it, but, you know, now the, the six, five Creed more, you know, we're going into the more of the metrics. Right. And the, right. they're think, making longer bullets with shorter cases and it's making them much, much more accurate at longer distances. It's I th- pretty interesting where all that has come just in the last 15 years. I think Aaron has a 6.5 Creed more that he really likes a lot. I've got, well, I'll, I'll have two of them by next week. Okay. <laughs> I've had yeah, one I, for I, I'm pretty two sure, or three years already, and I just bought a second one. I'm pretty sure I talked to Aaron about that. He's got one he really likes. Yeah, it's, 
with buying more land and now our youngest son going off to college and we got a lot younger nieces and nephews that are all coming of age for hunting. It's, they all want to get involved. So, Good. so I got to buy more guns. There you go. There you go. I like that. All right. We're <laughs> going to works out great for everybody. There you go. We'll uh, catch you on the spaces, Matt. We're, uh, we're going to grab a couple more calls before we wrap this up today. We're going to go to New Jersey. Rich, welcome. Yes. How are you, Kevin? Good. Um, yeah, first off, first-time caller, um, long, long-time listener. I want to say about five years, I guess. Um, and I just I just want to say I really appreciate uh, everything that you've, you've done. I mean, you don't even realize it, how, how much you, uh, you know, help, help so many people. I was on this project. I'm not even in, I'm not a trucker, but I'm in the supply chain space, uh, supply chain consultant. And I was on a project up in Boston. So I had a lot of travel time. And then, you know, I was on Sirius XM, you know, started to listen to you there. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, once I heard you know, some of the stuff you were saying, I I, I actually thought you were nuts. You know, <laughs> that's I, a common I, reaction. I started, I started listening. Uh, not that I could listen live, but I was catching like the uh, there was like a ten o'clock, you know, uh, replaying of 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 the Wednesday, and I was really focused on the on the health stuff. You know, and I would I would find myself, you know, trying to find the um, you know the ten o'clock version or whatever. And just, you know, um, I, I really did a lot of the stuff that you suggested uh, for like two months. I, I remember about five years ago, read, you know, read the books, audio. I was listening to them going back and forth because I, you know, with all the travel. And uh, boy, it just, um, you know, I lost about 50 pounds. Nice. Um, and, you know, in, in a very similar way, you know, uh, I'm a, you know, Division one football player, wrestler. Got it. Um, so I always thought I would, you know, I was always like, you know, conscious about health, but still Harris, you know, had 50 pounds extra weight. Right. Like, man, I, I'm doing all this, not, not working. And, and then, you know, then my, my daughter had, had issues with her stomach and, uh, you know, we, we took her around and, and, you know, couldn't find out what was, what was wrong with her. Um, and then someone suggested, you know, try going gluten free. And, uh, so we, we did that for her and I, and I said, well, you know, I'll eat gluten free too, you know, and I only really did it in front of her, you know, um, when I, when I was home, but, you know, didn't really follow it when, when she wasn't around. And then, and then I started listening to you and said, man, this, there's really something to this again, read the books and, and, uh, really just, you know, did 180 and, and, and really felt so much better uh, about every, everything. And Kevin, I just, and then, and then I lost you, honestly, you know, when, when you went off, I yeah. had a little trouble finding you again. So there was a little bit of a break there, but kind of, you know, um, w- was able to find you again and, and, and I'm back on board listening, but you know, I just want to say thanks. You're uh, welcome. Uh, for, for everything you do as well as, you know, kind of the information about COVID, you know, and, and, and the vaccines. And unfortunately, you know, well, I should say, fortunately, I didn't take it, but I, I guess I wasn't confident enough Good. to to explain, oh, what, yeah. you know, right. why I wasn't, why I wasn't taking the vaccine. And, you know, my, unfortunately, my wife and, and kids got it and, you know, got the vaccine and, 
you know, hopefully everything is okay uh, with them. But right. th- you know, thanks for that information as well. So that that was really um, very helpful. And 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 uh, one thing that that has come back a little bit, um, and I guess I'm searching for an answer, is uh, you know some arthritis. So I I had two knee surgeries, one in high school, one at college on my right knee. Uh, so I I have arthritis in the right knee and the left hip. And just recently, I want to say with the last month or so, that that's kind of coming back, and I can't really pinpoint like what I think. when I say it's coming back. I I, I, be, I believe the arthritis is always there, right? But I guess the the pain associated with it uh, I, has started to come back. So I, I believe that the arthritis can be gone completely. In fact, I I, I have had rheumatoid arthritis in the past. I had the markers for it. I had it. If I go to a doctor now, there is no way they can know that I ever had it. Oh wow! Yeah, it's gone. I mean, there, there, there are. There's nothing they could measure in my body now and say you have RA. I don't have it anymore. Okay. Well, so, so they, we can uh, again. I now what so, might be happening? What might be happening? It, we're going to figure this out. We've done it many times. It's not that hard. We just have to do a little digging. So tell me about your diet right now. Are there any grains in your diet? No. No grains at I mean, all? Okay. Not, not, yeah, not, not that I'm aware of. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, it, I'm, not only, yeah, I mean, not, I'm r- real strict about that. You know, uh, and I do most, when I'm home, I do most of the cooking so I can control it. Good. Uh, but. You know, uh, so as, as you know, best of my knowledge, no, a hundred percent. If I, if I, if I even think something's in there, I stay away. So Good. I, I think I got so, that covered. Okay. Cause that's one of the most common reasons to end up with that arthritis, like joint pain again is grains can do it. I've seen it do it to people within a couple of hours of them eating it. That's how fast it can be. Usually, you you will know within 24 hours if you've eaten something like that that you're sensitive to. The next most likely thing will be oxalates. And the oxalates are a little tricky. If we get too many oxalates out of our diet, it could cause this. Because our body starts doing what we call oxalate dumping. It, It sees a break in all of these oxalates and tries to get rid of what's in the body and starts mobilizing them, and we actually start to feel some of the symptoms. So we did a whole series on this with um, Sally K. Norton, and her solution to this, and I've tested it, it works really well. Maintain an oxalate level of about 250 milligrams a day. We don't want to go zero, which is good news, because I didn't want to get rid of all of those foods that have oxalates in them. I like them. I love dark chocolate. You know, I do like sweet potatoes. Uh, I like almonds. They're all high in oxalates, so I don't have to eliminate them. In fact, you don't want to eliminate them. You can actually create some of these issues, but it seems like maintaining that 200 to 300 milligrams a day makes these problems disappear. So you got to start doing a little detective work. You're going to have to search, you know, how many oxalates are in this food. You're going to have to measure for a little while. It won't be long before you just kind of intuitively know what you should be eating to avoid this problem. Okay. So any idea how long ago that one was? 
Did you say Sally? What was her last name? Sally K. Norton. Um, I think there's, you would think I would know this stuff better about our own products, but I think there's an easy way to find it in the app. Lauren, are you very familiar with that in the app? I should be. Let me, let me see if I can find it while, while you guys are chatting here. Hold yeah, on. see, I, I, I know we're working towards making all of those things much, much easier to find in the app. I'm just not sure how far we've come on that. Um, but yeah, well that, that would, that would be great. Like a sort of a, a search thing. Yep. That's, that's great. Yeah. And we're actually working yeah. with AI for really, really powerful search kind of stuff and audio even. So we're, we're excited about that, but for now we're at least trying to make it so you can find the mini series. It was a three part. It's probably three to four hours long. There's a lot of good info in there. Okay. okay but so ultimately the conclusion, if you go, to the app, oh, go ahead, Lauren. Well, if you go to the app um, and you go to Destination Health, then most of the, it's about 50-50 that they're either just a date of us chatting or the show will have a top, like a topic. And Sally Norton is, you can see them as you scroll down, there's the part one, part two, part three. And so there, it, it's really easy to find if you go to Destination Health in the app and Perfect. scroll down. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. It was in, like part three was in March. And so you don't have to, you don't have to scroll too, too far, but it's all there. It's very easy to find. Excellent. Yeah. It's good info. The ultimate conclusion, if people don't want to go through the three or four hours was maintain a, a level of two to 300 milligrams a day. And we don't have many problems with oxalates and over time, your body will still start to limit. We've been storing oxalates our whole life, unfortunately. Uh, and your body will get rid of them, but it will happen slower and not cause um, the problems. Okay, so so like like I said, I was real about you know five and a half years ago. I was you know I went and got you know pictures taken, you know, and, and definitely you know, and pens like right right across the bridge here. You know, a good good doctor. They 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 saw the arthritis. And, uh, and then it really made no connection. I just started, you know, making these changes. And then, I mean, I'm telling you, it just, it went, it went away. Yeah. And then, like I said, it yeah. came back uh, recently. And then I went and got more pictures taken and they said, okay, they, they, they were actually looking and, and they're pointing to the, you know, the difference between the two pictures, you know, five years apart about, and they're saying, okay, you, we can see it a little more. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, then it's still there. But you're, you're saying that that little white stuff in the picture is going to go away if I, if I can like, kind of hone in on these oxalates um, and, and either reduce them or, or, or hit the right you know, threshold. What they're that'll, that'll go away. What they're looking at is inflammation. And what happens with oxalates, oxalates form little crystals that are jagged and sharp and pointy. And they settle in the joint and guess what they cause? Inflammation. Friction. Okay. So that's what they're seeing. They're, okay. they're seeing that there's more inflammation, which is why you're feeling it again. But they don't ever look for the root cause. The root cause of this is two things. One, healing our gut really does help if this is RA because that is an autoimmune condition. So the show this morning, collagen and bone broth should be an absolute part of your day. And that will start to heal the gut 
So we start to minimize the autoimmune damage of the RA itself. But then the second issue, which is completely different, is the oxalates then will start to settle in those joints and cause inflammation, but it's not RA. But the doctors just don't understand all the nuance of all this. To them, you've got inflammation, they've got a drug for inflammation, they've got surgeries, that's all you're going to get from them. Right. Yep. But you can heal this. Excellent. Yeah, well, I I, I figured you'd you'd point me in the right direction because I, you know, don't don't want any surgery. And I and I tell you, I just, you know, you know, just another data point. You know, I was probably um, uh, late twenties, early thirties. I actually had a uh, stomach situation. Uh, you know, I was like having these what they called ulcers and. Uh, you know, went around, I tried to, you know, I was taking, you know, uh, the, um, what do you call it? Metamucil and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. And you know, way back and right, right. And, and, and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't fix it. So, you know, the, the solution was stomach surgery. They actually took, you know, part of my stomach out and, um, uh, that, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, fix that, that problem, but, no, it um, didn't. You know, so I, no, it didn't. Well, it, 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 it right. covered up some right, symptoms. To your point, it, it co- covered up, right? They, right. Um, and I'm I'm convinced that was you know, because no, like I grew up in a like a very Italian like household, had pasta, exactly. you know, three four times a day, bread, meal, right? So so I look back at 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 that situation, boy. If I knew what I knew now, then I would obviously. And my parents didn't know. I mean, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you know, the only people we have to blame here are the, the food companies and the government. They were the ones that screwed us up, lied right. to us. They continue to do it today. I, I don't blame my parents or, you know, myself even. I should have known better. I didn't eat right for 50 years. Yep. Yeah. So, well, good stuff. Kevin, again, I uh, really appreciate everything. Uh, like I said, just glad I was able to call in here. Like I said, a normal, a normal, yeah, just uh, great. listen. Uh, great to, to have the, you to here. the uh, recast of it. But awesome! Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Uh, talk about timing, Lauren. It is eleven o'clock right I now. Know. Perfect. I saw that. Yeah. <clears throat> Perfect. We had a couple so other calls. I was going to get to them. I, I think they dropped off because they knew we were coming up oh, on okay. the top. But and we're going to do our bases at 1130. I'm going to take a 30 minute break today. I'm going to take diesel for a walk and get some vitamin D and uh, then we'll do it at 1130. So what else you got? Sounds good. I just want to clarify the the whole thing we have going on with um, Lana Life. So when folks buy three stick packs specifically of the collagen, so this is not the bone broth, this is the collagen. So when they buy three stick packs, they will get two stick packs free. But um, I also just want to reiterate, because we had a call earlier, that it was a good question, a really great question about the difference between collagen and the bone broth. And the difference is bone broth contains collagen, which is one of the best, you know, nutrient-dense things about bone broth. But the collagen peptides in the Lana Life, they have you know, they basically created a product with just the collagen peptide. So right. I just wanted to clarify that. Good, good. For the promo. And, and, and yeah, I so really that, 
like the combination of both. Bone broth is the whole foods. Yes. We have all of the components needed for health, but we realize how important collagen is and we're not getting enough of it in our diet. So adding the pure collagen <laughs> into a routine of bone broth every day, like supercharges all of it. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Good all right. Point. We're going to take a half hour break and we will reconvene in about 30 minutes on spaces. Sounds good. We will see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.